I'm sorry, but lesbians love the shit out of women's <laughs> basketball. Uh, the Los Angeles Sparks generally sell out their games. I learned that the biggest thing I could do to have an impact on the planet's health was to become vegan. Our interest is not to uh, have Mr. Walton put in jail or to be investigated by the police necessarily. Our interest was for Kelly to feel better about herself. It is in fact the case that men are not women. Trans men are men. Trans women are women. Hi, welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Zergen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Since last we met, Matt has announced he's running for president. And why not? He has the politics of Bernie Sanders without the age issue. He's got the vaguely Irish roots of a Beto O'Rourke. Wait for it, Matt. And like Kamala Harris, he used to blow old black dudes to get ahead in his profession. Ralston 2020, he's even gayer than Buttigieg. I, I do seek the approval not of black people in general, yes, but of old black men. You, uh, the magical Negro is like your thing? Yeah, I just want to be cool with them. I want to play dominoes. I want to hang out in the barbershop. You know, you I feel it, they're inherently Americana, sort of uh, uh, old school, right? Of, like they, they've seen it all. You feel like they, they, you can measure up in their eyes? I think they say what they think. Yeah. Um, Not to you, Whitey, <laughs> but <laughs> to each other probably. Nah, I just I miss you know I miss people that can be sort of latently homophobic and it's it's somehow That's charming true. in a way. I, Do you I, hang out in black barbershops? I used to. Did you? I haven't found one in L.A. I don't want to make the the trip from my uh, you know sort of gentrified neighborhood to the to the hood. You going to where Nipsey Hussle used to get his uh, weave? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get shot. Uh, did you see, by the way, uh, Buttigieg, the first, uh, well, he's not the only gay presidential candidate ever, but he's the first openly gay presidential candidate, was on the cover <laughs> of Time magazine. I did see that. I didn't know, I didn't realize that he also just came out like three years ago. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, he was like a late bloomer. I mean, I, he was always gay, obviously, but he was a late bloomer. He, when he ran for mayor of South Bend, he was not openly gay. Oh, wow. I, um, I mean, I think people, he was like Cory Booker, where we're just kind of like, that, that dude's probably gay. Right. But he wasn't like, didn't have a boyfriend on the cover of Time magazine, like uh, holding hands. And uh, I, I just, I feel like that's the thing he has going for him is that he's, that he's gay. Well, he, uh, that young. and he like translates plays into Norwegian or some shit to yeah. where I'm like, uh, is that a useful skill? That makes me think you're really strange that you would do that. I feel like people um, move from young white candidate to young white candidate, like Phenom, like pretty fast, like from Ben Rock to Pete Buttigieg to, you know, this guy's gay, this guy like is vaguely Hispanic, although he's not Hispanic. Uh, Beto speaks Spanish. It's some some little weird skill they have. I guess being gay is not a skill, but like something they can really promote is cool. And then they, then of course Biden gets it and like has ten times their num- ten times their numbers. Yeah. Uh, it, th- none of those guys are going. None of those guys are going to win, and they're not also going to be picked to be VP because they're white guys. So uh, I think this is your. This, if you're a Buttigieg fan, this is your time. Like next month or two. <laughs> I told to my friend yourself. he had to go out with his girlfriend's like friends from high school. Like yeah. I, you know they were in town, <clears throat> and he was obviously like super bummed out. So I told him to only talk about Pete Buttigieg, like to relate every single thing <laughs> yes. back to Pete Buttigieg and yeah. just see if anyone says anything in the morning. And he got like five texts, like <laughs> really <laughs> from his 
from his girlfriend saying, like, everyone is talking about the fact that you're gay and obsessed with Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> so I thought it was, like, a win win for everyone. I feel like everybody, everybody like, here in L.A. or New York is talking about Pete Buttigieg. But if you went to South Bend, Indiana, people would not give a shit about him whatsoever. Like, he would just be, no, no one would even care about him. Like, wasn't that the young guy we voted for mayor? Because who the fuck wants to be mayor of South Bend, Indiana? <laughs> Well, right. Oh, you're the mayor of the seventh most important city in Indiana. <laughs> congratulations. That's, that's run by Notre Dame, by the way. Uh, yeah, con- yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by the Avengers Endgame. No, not the movie. The three-hour-long suffering I endured due to my children. <laughs> Fuck you, Marvel Comics Universe, for making 22 long, hokey, CGI-filled movies with big-name actors and silly Hispanics costumes. The Avengers Endgame, it ended peacefully while I was taking my second leak. Uh, the movie was th- three hours and three minutes long. And here's the thing. They're not bad movies. None of the, the Marvel movies are not bad movies. I mean, they're crafted fairly well. But they're not good movies. They're not like anything you'd watch again. There's no story where you feel compelled to like become emotionally attached to any element of the story. It's like reading a comic book itself. You kind of read it. It's kind of amusing. And you finish taking your shit and you <laughs> flush the toilet and you don't read it again. Yeah. But they're, they make them like... It's like remember when old movies like... Like, oh, it was a Gandhi or some other Lawrence of Arabia, or like these epic films were three hours long, like these Oscar winners. Now I just turn these Marvel movies into three hour films, and I can't sit through like a bad story, <laughs> just inside puns and jokes, and like, I, you know, Chris Hemsworth in his Thor costume just for an extra half an hour talking about shit. I don't get that at all. Have you ever considered like. <clears throat> Taking an edible or <laughs> dropping mushrooms or something. No, I had a I had a forty ounce diet coke <laughs> before the movie started, and then with previews, it's three hours and twenty minutes. Jesus. So everybody over the age of like thirty is going to pee like halfway through the movie because it's long. And by the way, they used to have in the old old, old days they had intermissions so when they had long movies, so people could take a leak mm-hmm. and buy more concessions where they made their money from. But who can sit for three hours and twenty minutes through a movie that really has no compel? It doesn't even pretend to have a compelling story. It's just CGI sequences and, and really huge actors in spandex. I think when I saw what was one of the m- most recent Tarantino movies, the cowboy one. Um, oh yeah, the hateful. Uh, hateful eight. Yeah, yeah, that had a intermission as one of Tarantino's hipster film nerd things. Yes, and it really pissed me off. Oh really? Yeah, I fell asleep. That movie's movie. almost all dialogue, and it's just not very good. But the intermission, a the hipster like ironic. Nod to intermission pissed me off, but then I was I had to be there an extra like ten minutes, and that pissed me off. So I think we're gonna make really a movie off. that's fifty percent longer than most other movies. It, it's it's like a real statement saying this is important. This demands extra time mm-hmm. of you. So uh, like the uh, like the NBA game last night, the Portland Denver game went to four overtimes. <laughs> okay, I felt that was important. Right, <laughs> like that was a great game. It went to four overtimes, and so it was a three hour long game. But it was just if they just made the regular NBA game three hours long. By by just adding extra bullshit to it, I would be pissed. I'd be pissed. Well, you gotta. I mean, if you're with another person or even by yourself, you, you got to bring a bottle of wine into the theater. But then you got to pee even more. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I can't go three and a half hours. I mean, I finished fucking forty ounces of diet coke before the movie started, <laughs> and all I knew was like, I'm not gonna sit here for three hours. I'm not gonna make it. The good news is you can go out, take a leak. Take it, whatever you do, a smoke break. If you smoke, whatever, come back 20 minutes later, and you haven't missed anything. So I finally realized after about the hundredth time, at least, after, after over 30 years of going to movies, that the uh, movie theater popcorn yeah. is uh, really bad for your uh, stomach. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, 
I, love I, it. I was horrible. in denial because yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yes. But after about the tenth time in a row of getting sick, I was like, I I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, you're eating just popcorn kernels and like weird oil. Yes. And although they have popped it, it still is the same as eating the popcorn kernels. It's just <laughs> in a different format, but it is quite addictive and it is expensive. Uh, so I hated everything about it. I'm never longer see. I'm not going to see the next nine Marvel movies I've lined up. By the way, now they're just bringing back people that were dead. And, and like earlier timelines and all bullshit stuff. But I, I will say this. It's in the amount of A-list actors they get in a movie like that when like Robert Redford shows up and like oh, wow. other people show up like just for bit parts. There must have been 20 A-list actors in that movie. I assume they all got a few million bucks each for being in it. Yeah. I mean, Downey got like 50 million. Just all hating their lives for that couple days. It's just not. A, it's just not. It, it's a it's a mediocre f- sort of fun movie if it was two hours long instead of three hours would have been okay and they just make so much fucking money i hate them do not forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last man on earth we got a lot of hate mail from people wondering where the show show was i kind of like the death threats uh it makes me feel makes me feel a little wanted but then i'm also kind of creeped out by uh, people that are living in their mom's basement like really angry like maybe they're like if they own assault weapons or some kind of thing people get really upset when the podcast isn't on it's weird because I don't remember ever getting a compliment. No, only, no. Com- only when we don't do the show, we get yeah. massive amounts of hate, which says a lot about the people that listen to this. But I think that's I think that is the way in which like uh, uh, millennial to middle aged uh, uh, white men think, <laughs> which is like I uh, deserve this. Uh, uh, no, not that so much as like that's just how their emotion. That's the emotional range of like a standard person like that, mm-hmm. which is a, like I get upset. And then like that, that, that's like that's it that's it like I'm barely holding it together yeah like I'm just sometimes I'm okay I'm angry <laughs> and then sometimes I'm not so angry and like, that's my full range of yeah, emotions like okay is the best like yeah. that's the highest that, that needle goes yeah and the compliment would be like oh that was a great Super Bowl <laughs> that's as far as <laughs> that's as far as it goes and I'm not gonna say anything because my that my range is not much greater than that, than that range no <laughs> and I don't think men should have that many that range of emotion I don't need I always tell people for the last 20 years at least I've told people I don't need compliments as long as you don't criticize me just shut up both ways I'm fine yeah like I don't need I don't need to be uh, adulation or compliments or praise of any kind I don't, I don't really feel like I need that or require that I just don't want you bitching at me. <laughs> just don't yeah, be- I actually don't need any feedback at all. Like, no. I just did this um, short film that I'm uh, trying to uh, make into a feature film. And and it, it goes like this with anything. Like back in school, you'd write an essay. And someone goes, well, I would have done this. And I'm like, well, fuck you. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> care what you would have done. You didn't do it. So, like, what, what does that have to do, like, with... Anything. What am I supposed to, to well, also, care about I think what it, you would have done? I think you have to respect somebody to care about their feedback. Mm-hmm. And so in general, especially in, in Hollywood, the entertainment business, you just don't respect anybody. So, I mean, there's a few, one or two people, perhaps. But the bulk of people, like I used to, when I submit something in writing, and people would like, reject it, I'd be like, oh, my God, this person didn't think I, it was good. And then I realized I met them. I'm like, I don't give a shit. And even when they liked it, I'm like, I still don't give a shit because you're. Just, I, I don't care about you. I don't respect your opinion either way. Right. So really, only like you know, one or two people you know in your life you're like you respect are the only people whose like feedback actually like you care about. This is town. This town is just full of feedback from people that like. I don't need respect. Yeah, just, you just don't respect it's at all. Full of feedback. Yeah, people that go to meetings, and I'm like, what. 
do you actually do anything besides talk about doing things that you don't do? Like, no, not really. I think it's just a, a gr- I, I shared this story recently, but like, uh, my father, from the time I was zero to 18, only complimented one thing I ever did. Um, and that was a, a, a report I did in seventh grade on uh, the Civil War report. Civil War report. Literally, like one piece of feedback I got from him. Well, I got negative feedback. One positive piece of feedback. He's like, that was a good report. Really liked it. And then I said that recently, <laughs> he'd gone up in the attic to clean shit out. Many years later, found it, read it again, and told me it wasn't that good. <laughs> so I, I was like, he revised his, his one compliment, got, revi- got revised. I, I got a great piece of advice from my dad when I was growing up. <clears throat> so when I was like 16, for a period of about a month, I had really bad acne. And, you know, you're pretty uh, insecure at Self-conscious, that age. yeah. And uh, so... You know, saw him pretty much every day for three weeks. And then after the third week, he looked over. And I'm doing all kinds of medication, yeah. whatever I can do. I'm, I'm scrubbing my face with fucking pumice. And he just goes, uh, hey, you know, if you uh, wash your face, that'll go away. It's <laughs> like, thank you, <laughs> guy. You know what, though? I, looking back on it, I, I mean, obviously, these are extremes of like, between like height, dad who gives off her self esteem versus dad who just fucking complains and bitches <laughs> and doesn't really get involved. If you had to choose, you choose the latter, right? Right. I mean, it'd be nice if there's some sort of middle ground, but the way men are, you really just get a choice of black or white. So I'm kind of happy that seeing how dads are these days with fucking indulging their kids and praising every fucking shit they take. I'm kind of glad on the spectrum I got the former rather than the latter mm-hmm. because I think the latter produces huge assholes. It'd be nice if it's middle ground, but quite frankly, there just aren't many men who are the, who have a who have a strong middle ground of both like the appropriate amount of like offering a praise and the appropriate amount of like disinterested discipline. Yeah, it's really it's a it's a it's a fine line that men aren't really able to find very easily. I would just if I had kids, I would be a dick just because I know the mom would flatter him with everything. Yes, yes. So they need some kind of like counter action. I think that's the way it used to be. Was like the the gym teachers and the coaches just assumed the female teachers were all crazy and nice so they were just assholes <laughs> just so you could like you know they, they were offered it was like two sides of your education one was like feeling good about you know whatever your penmanship and then what was your coach telling you what a what a slow retard you were <laughs> like <laughs> I, I distinctly remember a coach like a kid hit a home run or something in baseball he's like pretty good huh coach and the coach like you need a compliment what are you a woman <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's the times they have changed uh Hit us up on patreon.com forward slash last month. Thanks to all our new patrons. Get on this shit now. And the old patrons, too. We love you, too. Get on this shit now before it disappears. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, Matt, on to the show. This show is uh, dedicated to women, Matt. Uh, largely, uh, we're going to be making fun of women. <laughs> so it's like the women. This is like GQ do the women's edition or something like that where they praise Serena Williams and how powerful she is. Mm-hmm. So this is like that, but the opposite of that because we're mostly just going to make fun of women. But it's the sort of the women's edition. And I want to start with uh, Roxanne Gay. And I always wondered if you were gay, like if your last name is Gay, what are the odds you're actually going to be gay? <laughs> like, like, like there was that guy, what was it, Tyson Gay or something, the sprinter? Yeah. The Olympics, and there's a few other people. Rudy that, Gay, Rudy Gay. Spurs. I don't think if he's gay, I don't think so. But like, how uh, how ironic is it that your your last name is Gay and you're also gay? It's almost like too like in school, like people try, you know, they make fun of names. And, yes, you know, uh, 
<clears throat> Trump being uh, an imbecile and uh, uh, someone with whatever his problem is. Uh, but it's just like too obvious. Like I bet you don't actually get any heat because it's it's just too. Oh, if you're gay. No, yeah. well, if your for name a girl, is prob- gay for a girl, probably not. No, I just, I just mean if your name is gay, it's, it's so so obvious. It's almost like you feel bad. Like well, that guy gets enough shit already. Yeah. Like, so like Greg Luganis got more shit for being gay than <laughs> someone who was named gay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true, and especially for girls. I mean, probably. you can ch- for girls. Like I don't know, you can change your name. Like I don't understand. You can't change your Well, you could legally change. Your yeah, just thing. legally change. But your not name. like in elementary school. There was always. Did you have the kid? Did you ever have a kid growing up who had a funny name? Like in third grade or fourth grade, everyone teased him. And then he announced that he had changed his name because his parents had like told him, like, tell everyone you changed your name. And it's no longer some weird name, but now it's like it's Mike something or other. <laughs> and then even in like third or fourth grade, you knew that it was bullshit. Right. So you doubled down on making fun of the kid's original name. I did not have that experience. <laughs> I remember that. Like, the kid's like, my name is no longer Carol. Like, the boy's not, I'm no longer Carol. I'm now Steve. I'm like, no, Carol. <laughs> Carol the homo or whatever. Um, so Roxanne Gay is a. A feminine, bisexual, feminist, uh, heavy set, chunky woman of color, <laughs> feminist writer. She's packed a lot into like forty years. All these women always look like they're sixty, but they're like forty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think just being a feminist ages you pretty fast. Also, being fat. Um, she, <laughs> well, she's just. I mean, she's not an attractive woman. Um, she was. Uh, she's a smart lady. She goes on these college tours. She writes for a lot of blogs, feminist blogs, gay blogs. Uh, some like more mainstream news outlets, uh, not CNN, but a few others where she writes on like you know human events, sexuality, feminist politics, that kind of stuff. And she's not a dumb lady. I mean, I've read some of her stuff. It's so fucking annoying. But she's not an idiot. Um, she she's, she has a PhD. She's taught at some bizarre colleges with some bizarre t- <laughs> those classes that have some bizarre subject name to them. Um, but she goes on these speaking tour debates. And one thing she did recently was she was debating a She's a feminist woman. She's debating a conservative woman or a non-feminist woman. And she pulled out stats about the WNBA, claiming the L.A. Sparks games, to show how popular WNBA is, L.A. Sparks games are always sold out. <laughs> like, which, like, I mean, the minute I told you, you laughed. Because it's like, it's, it, it's just moronic, right? It's, it's, uh, we, we both know that there's nobody in the stands at WNBA games. They don't even show the upper bowl of the, of the arenas where they're playing because they're completely empty. Yeah, anyone. I mean, you don't even have to be a sports fan, but if you if you've just lived in America, you're you're sort of familiar. You just know, even if you never thought about it, you know that those games are empty. It could just be a, a snippet, a, like a blip of you remember yes. seeing it on TV in the waiting room of your dentist office or whatever the fuck it is, and they're empty. So they've obviously they, never sold out. Well, they, they, the ESPN tries hard not to show anything above the first ten rows of seats, right? So I was, I was thinking, I was talking about the Portland-Denver game last night. They did a ton of those shots where they pan around the whole arena, mm-hmm. and everybody's doing the lights and their camera, you know, their, their cell phone lights, and going crazy up in the triple upper deck, you know, 20,000 people stomping. You never see shots like that in WA, because <laughs> they invite everybody to come down. It's like one of those poorly attended, like, uh, religious events where they invite everyone to be in the first five rows, yeah. or a wedding where nobody's there, <laughs> and the minister urges everyone to move forward to make it look a little more crowded. <laughs> There's, there's, there's nobody above the first 10 or 12 rows. No, I, I love it. I love the fact that it's subsidized by the NBA because the NBA thinks it'll help their brand if they have more girls and that turn into women that are fans. And so they, they lose untold amounts of money already. Yes. It's, it's, a total, it's a total failure. And then uh, 
you'll, you'll hear some woman be like, well, they deserve uh, to get paid more. And you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yes. Like, they deserve to actually pay to to play. To play. <laughs> or give them profit. Give them like, okay, you get this huge profit share. Congratu- congratulations. Yeah, you owe us $50,000 per game. Yeah. If, they got to- if, if the player pool was like half the profits, they would all lose money <laughs> versus the NBA where the players would all be making $500 million a year if they got half the profits. Yeah, if I was in the NBA, which I, I kind of am in my mind, <laughs> um, I, I'd be like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pissed. Like, I feel like I'm losing some of my check on this every month. Oh, to the WNBA? Yeah. Even to their small, tiny salaries? Mm-hmm. It's possible. So, But here's the point. So Roxanne Gay just pulled up this point about how in her debate on stage debate uh, on this tour, debate tour uh, I I'm not, don't know who attends these but I guess they're fairly popular in college campuses in, in, nearby and uh, she just pulled out the fact that at WNBA games the LA Sparks games in particular are, have been sold out and then somebody went online immediately of course and pulled out the attendance stats from the last 21 years and found out there was one sellout in the last 21 years and I believe it was the finals. It was of the like, fu- well, it was probably free taco. It night. was probably free taco night. They probably closed the upper deck of Staples, <laughs> and it was probably the it was probably the championship game, the final championship game. And by the way, they probably give away a lot of seats for the, the tickets. I mean, tickets to a, a Lakers finals go for ten thousand. I'm assuming these went for about twenty bucks. So it, you know, it, it's not comparable. But nevertheless, it was a lie. It's just a complete lie. And you and I have not figured out whether or not she actually believed. That WNBA is really popular because she's in such a small, tight social bubble where she thinks women's sports are actually successful for some reason, or she just blatantly lied and, as people do nowadays, and just doesn't care because she just figures no one's going to fact check her. Yeah, there's a lot of. Well, I noticed that women, especially, so there is the guy that just lies. Yes. Like Trump uh, does this all the time, but for example, recently he said my my father was from Germany. <laughs> And it's like, I, I don't know how... He may be senile, actually. He might be senile. He might be shouting out he makes the Nazis. Up, he yeah. makes up convenient facts. But uh, he's a... But he is a... I mean, he's not... He's, he's obvious about it because he's really poor at doing it. But he's not a politician you expect to lie, right? Yeah, he's a politician. But I notice that people usually will lie to help their argument. Um, and it's usually women. I think women do this more often than men. Like, for example... Uh, when I lived in Seattle, uh, I used to go jogging, and I would go jogging at night sometimes. And my sister... Were you going and buy a lot of truck stops, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good... Uh, just down around East Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sister said, you shouldn't jog at night. And I said, why? And she goes, well, you know, people get robbed all the time jogging. And I said, uh, no, they don't. No, not really. You're just kind of... You're just lying, basically, because it helps your cause. Like, but I was doing it the other day. I was talking to my friend about something about the uh, justice system, and I just casually said, "Well, you know, probably seventy percent of judges are racist." <laughs> right. And he went, what? "What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're just making shit up." Yeah, there's no stat. I mean, <laughs> it's not that, and it's not that you would know. Like, you would not casually know the average attendance of a Sparks, LA Sparks game. I don't know the average attendance. I would guess it's probably about. 1,200 people, if I had to guess. Uh, but you wouldn't, nobody would know that offhand. But just to say something so hyperbolic, like they constantly sell out, is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, and, and my examples were sort of subjective, I guess. Yes. But yeah, she's, she's sort of claiming a, a statistic almost. <laughs> yes. and, you, and you do see people doing statistics like that uh, as well. And 
I don't. It rarely comes back around to them because you just hear so much bullshit all the time. But this one is just so egregiously bad. But don't you feel like this is happening more and more in public debate, whether it be on social media or live debate or so forth? And a lot of times it's politicians, so that you know they're going to lie. But this is an intellectual. This is a college professor where you sort of expect they're not going to just say fake facts and statements just to advance their point. Like they're at least going to have some research on this subject matter or at least say I've looked at or at least look into it or say I don't know. But to just blindly, I feel like this is happening more and more because people are now making social science points, right? So whether it be about transgenderism or any other hot social topic, they're all entirely subjective, right? They're all like arguing from a subjective standpoint. So they don't really, facts are a lot less important other than when you need them to make them up to support your, to support your subjective point of view. Well, I think... What I here's what I think. I think that she thought it was close enough to kind of be subjective, and she didn't realize that it was the most wrong thing. Like that, any. It, I, I mean, I can't even think of a comparable. It, it'd be like saying, um, "Well, you know, I have a billion friends on Facebook." <laughs> right. And someone went like, "No, you don't. You have no. like ten. <laughs> no, and it's not even something you can hide. Like you know, Trump saying he's a billionaire or whatever. He's hiding it." It's just something that took about one second for someone to look up and go, no, that's completely the opposite of what you're what you're saying. It's completely wrong. You know what's fucked up is I can imagine even after the fact, I, I'm picturing some fat feminist chick going, no, they do sell out all the time. <laughs> right? Like I can really imagine someone arguing against something that takes five seconds to, to I would I would guess if it was not a debate where there are actually people who are against her point of view, nobody would have looked. If she was just speaking to a feminist group, they all would have been like, yeah. They'd all be like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Why, they pay equal pay for equal work, <laughs> whatever, some shit like that. I think our intellect, we've talked about this in various degrees over time, but I think our intellectual debates, our public intellectual debates have degraded over time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think like even hardcore activists of decades ago were more reverential to facts, um, not when they're protesting in the streets, but I mean when they had debates on college campuses, for instance, or on TV or PBS NewsHour things, I feel like they brought more checked information with them as opposed to just blatantly making up shit. Well, that's, I mean, so we're in this new age and everyone has like uh, confirmation bias. And whether you watch Fox News or MSNBC, like much more so with Fox for the record, but you're just fed uh, misinformation. And, you know, I mean, they have these programs now that you can, you you can so if you record someone's voice if they if they've talked for whatever it is an hour you can make them on a program say whatever you want uh, you can you, you can oh, uh, there's deep fakes where you can take uh, Natalie Portman's face uh, put it on a porn star where she's blowing a guy and right now it's a Ooh, little you have any, exa- any examples of that oh yeah <laughs> deep fakes it's it's great um, it's called deep fakes. Uh, or say some of my elementary school teachers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a little bit in its, in its infancy, but in just a couple years, I mean, you could you could have a, a video of me sitting here and saying that, uh, you know, I, that I, uh, whatever, like... I, I'm trying that, to think of what would be outrageous for you to say. <laughs> like I'm married <laughs> to a tranny and I blow him every night. Yeah. And, and you could put that out there. And like with Trump... And everybody example, will believe it's true with you, Matt. If only like a few years from now, if there was that tape of Trump saying, yeah, grab him by the pussy, I know for a fact he would have just said, I didn't say that. 
So I'm oh, just, I see. You can deny everything. So there is almost no truth anymore. Well, and, it's, it, it, but it cuts both ways because then there's also the people going back 10 years on your Twitter feed to find things you actually wrote that were insignificant at the time, hmm. saying, you know, it's usually something homophobic or something like that, like Kevin Hart, and, and bull- pulling shit out from like years ago before you knew you weren't supposed to say shit, and then pretending like that's who you are now, like a 2019 guy who just makes openly homophobic comments right. uh, or doesn't believe in gender equality. I mean, Obama 12 years ago was against gay, gay marriage, so you know, it, was, it was a very mainstream thing, but now they pull it out like you just said it yesterday. So it cuts, I think it cuts both ways. But I'm kind of concerned that people just make, when, especially when they're speaking to their own audience, they just make shit up. There's just very yeah. little. Into, I think among college professors in the academia, there's very little. Even among research, there's very little reverence. I think to fact, pure fact finding and truth, and a lot more to sort of fitting fitting your message to meet the audience. To yeah, be, to be popular on social media, especially. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's because there's so much content out there. Like we have more information than we've ever had, but at the same time, you know, facts don't matter as much. I guess because you you can just essentially get your own facts. Like yes. like Kelly and Conway said, we made up. We have some alternative facts, right? And that is a frightening thing, or at least it's really strange to think about. But well, we didn't need we didn't need to we didn't used to have to have it because you respected the news source to tell you the truth. So you assume that the news source was telling you the truth. You didn't say, "Let me see your numbers." But now yeah. that you now that you suspect everybody who disagrees with you, you ask to see the numbers, and now they have to produce numbers. And if they have to make them up, they just make them up. Yeah, I remember in high school getting into an argument. I remember as a kid getting into an argument and going to the library Jesus. with like five people <laughs> and and like finding a book in a stack, which I can still barely do. And and I remember in high school getting in an argument uh, with my friend, and the argument was that the Clippers made the playoffs in, like, 1991 or some shit. And he said, no, they don't. I said, yes, yes, they did. And I went after school to the computer lab, and it took me, like, half an hour <laughs> to find the records, and I printed it out. On the 14-4 dial-up. showed him the paper, and uh-huh. we bet, like, 20 bucks on it. Did he pay you? Yeah. Oh, good for him. <laughs> but uh, now, I mean, Jesus, like... I, now you can I, say whatever the fuck you want. Well, how would that work now? I could pull my phone out and I'd say, "Look, here is why you're wrong," and he'd probably been like, "Fuck you." Yeah, you would have got your twenty bucks. Uh, you mentioned Natalie Portman. I want to mention Natalie Portman in this segment only because she now says she's another of these people who just she's on the UN Women's Council, where the fuck she is, and she just says stuff that's crazy. Like a lot of these women just say, and men, but mostly women in these feminist areas, just say shit that's kind of crazy, and everyone applauds them. When it's complete nonsense. So here's her quote. She was equating why she's a vegan to her feminism. She said, only after I became active in women's issues did I realize that my veganism was related to these very issues. Dairy and eggs don't just come from cows and chickens. They come from female cows and chickens. We're exploiting female bodies and abusing the magic of female animals to create eggs and milk. <laughs> that was her. It's so <laughs> brilliantly retarded. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, you have to be creative. To say something that stupid, she is like let's let's like, quickly patriarchal like, of the many problems yes, with it. Yeah. I would argue. Well, you know the the uh, cows that they milk and the chickens that they uh, harvest the eggs from. They don't kill them. So uh, you know the male cows. I would say probably have it a little bit worse. Yes. because they actually get murdered, whereas For the meat. female cow sits in the pasture. Um, 
It's so stupid. Yeah, I'd rather. I think I'd rather be milked than than slaughtered. I, if I had a choice, although a lifetime of milking, perhaps I might choose death if I was like knew I was in for for twenty years of uh, Iowa farmer grabbing my tits every day. But you know, I don't even think it hurts them that much. No, I think they kind of. I'm kind of thinking they dig and it. And all the cows in the rodeo, the steers that they tie a thing around their nuts. My yeah. friend didn't know that. We were watching yeah. the rodeo. He had no idea that the reason that they're make kicking like that is because yes. they they cinch their nuts. Those are all guys. Yeah, male bulls in the bullfights who get slaughtered. Those are dudes. All, all dudes. Yeah, no, it's, the women are... I mean, the fact that women produce... The female uh, animals produce milk, and we drink milk, she's equating that to a patriarchal... That we wouldn't take the eggs or the milk. It's only because guys have run things that we now consume those products, whereas women would have been more evolved to understand that, what, they would have rather starved... Starved to death, and then eat the eat the uh, the milk of another eat the milk of another, a lactating mother. Yeah, and on top of that, I I, I don't have the stats, but I think that the n- number of uh, of vegan and vegetarian people is uh, actually it's probably more skewed towards women. But of course, um, you know it's, it's it's what she's saying, and this is this is the crux of a lot of feminist arguments that evolution is misogynistic yes and that is so uh, blatantly fucking retarded um well i think it's probably true i would say in general that women need less meat right they eat less meat just anthropologically like women didn't need they don't weigh 240 well, they need less calories they need less calories they probably had less need for protein because they weren't hunting you know the men who were 220 out there hunting all day, needed to eat more meat to sustain themselves. Yeah. So women were probably more agrarian, probably more into grains and fruits and vegetables from very early on to sustain themselves and grow it. Well, they, yeah, they would gather stuff, and that's all pretty much vegetarian right, stuff. Right, they wouldn't eat like a giant, a triple rib, <laughs> a triple rib, bloody uh, whatever, brontosaurus uh, thing, because they didn't need it, they, their bodies didn't require it, whereas the men's bodies required it. But that doesn't really prove anything. The fact that men have found dairy and eggs to provide protein isn't because it was like, let's not go after the males, let's go after the females. It was just because it was an open source of protein to sustain themselves. Right. And also, as far as I know, women love cheese. <laughs> so I'm going to go and you'll and yo, and yo play yogurt. <laughs> so I don't really understand. But the bigger point of this is, and she's, she was speaking to a convention of teen girls uh, is that you can just say shit like this and everyone applauds and no one thinks about what you're saying because it sounds feminist and vegan and so it sounds politically correct and in vogue and everyone just applauds and like we're dumbing people down so much like to the point that you can say something this idiotic and everyone goes like, yeah, if you support women, you have to stop, you have to be a vegan to, <laughs> to support women, which is, I can't think of anything worse than a feminist vegan I mean, it has to be the worst creature on the creature on the planet. I've met a lot of them. They are, uh, yeah, they're they're pretty uh, into themselves. I, I heard the fr- I was having dinner with this girl recently, and she used a term I've never heard before, which is. Um, so I said, "What are you into?" And she said, "Self care." Mm. And so the other day, I was taking a nap because I was very tired, and I instead of like thinking, man, I'm a total like piece of shit. I should be working right now. It's the middle of the day. I thought self-care. I'm practicing self-care. Self-care. Right <laughs> that just the name, I think they need a better title than self-care. It sounds like the opposite of selflessness. 
I mean, later I was beating off, and I thought yeah. the same. Like self-care. now, pretty much anything I do that's indulgent, I, I just think is total self care. Well, look, there's a fine line. Like we talk about the dads being one being brutal and one being overly indulgent. It's a fine line between like not taking care of yourself, not being kind to yourself, and just like focusing entirely on your own wants and needs and making yourself happy. So whenever I see, especially it's for guys too, but for women ads or articles about take care of yourself, take time out for yourself, you're such a giver, you know, take this, buy this beauty product, buy this other stuff, indulge yourself once in a while. That seems to be a big theme of like female commercials. It's like take some time to indulge. I'm like, what? Like what? Like don't you do enough of that? I know. Like, is is your life really that hard? I mean, yeah. If you're like an Ethiopian woman carrying the bucket on your head for twelve miles a day, yeah, you should take a cheesecake bite and enjoy yourself <laughs> once in a while. But like, is your life as a marketing manager at the office really that hard? I mean, do you need to actually set aside an hour a day to indulge yourself because of uh, that? Is <laughs> such a chick thing. I had this girlfriend that I had was a horrible cunt. Um, so she went on a bachelorette party with her friends to some extravagant uh, thing. Like they were in like Europe and Hot like spas, going yeah. going on this private island. And she got back. And a couple days later, she said with a straight face, man, I've had a hard time at work. I think I need a vacation. <laughs> and I go, didn't you just have a... And she was like, she thought about it and was like, yeah, I guess you're right. But in her mind, she was like, I need a week just to like get pedicures. <laughs> I, I think it's like fine that people get like take vacation, of course, but and they always talk about how Americans don't take a lot of vacation or whatnot. But we also have like the highest standard of living, so technically every day for most every American is easier than every day for everybody else in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that you need a break, you know, I'm not saying if you're a coal miner the supplies necessarily, <laughs> but if you're an office, if you work in an office, if you have a white collar job or whatever. You'd like a vacation. You don't really necessarily need a. You don't necessarily need a vacation. Right. <laughs> You'd like one. You have it better than ninety nine percent of the people in the world. It's hard to put it into perspective. It doesn't mean you can't take a vacation. It just means, like you're, you talk about you with your ex girlfriend, you don't need. You don't need a. You don't need a vacation from getting coffee and sitting, <laughs> sitting at the office. It's not, that, it's not. It's it's unpleasant, perhaps not what you like to be doing, but it's not really comparable to what's happening in Suriname. <laughs> I also wonder to bring it back to her. Just utterly ridiculous quote. Um, so I know there's like one chicken per person in America. Really? Which is frightening. I eat more than one chicken. Yeah, if you it think must be about reproducing. it. A lot of people eat chicken. Um, cows, I don't know. It's probably less than that. But um, but if you look at the biomass of these animals, so when you eat a chicken, is that a female chicken or a male? Is that a uh, those are usually uh, female chickens. Those are female chickens, but the but it's, the population of female chickens is much higher. It's not like one to one. So the, the way they breed them, they're breeding the the, the female the hens for f- yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering, but I don't know if there's more dairy cows than than uh, steers. But I'm I'm just wondering. If, a lot. Of, I would assume there's a lot of each. Yeah, and, and fish. I think the. Male fish are bigger, so that when they do farmed fish, they might be male. Oh, really? Or maybe they're female for the eggs. I don't know. Granted, I've thought about this much more than uh, Natalie Portman has. <laughs> yes. uh, but I'm wondering if the actual number of male Kill. and yeah, of or or just you know animals held in bondage. <laughs> I don't. Know, if, people if just want to eat. I think people just want to fucking eat. I don't think it care. No one asks like when they go to the fucking hot wing cafe uh, or to Buffalo Wild Wings whether or not they're getting male or female wings. 
They just want to fucking get wings yeah, yeah. and hot sauce and get some beer and get drunk and watch. Well, the game. if you asked that question, you'd be a fucking psycho. Yes. Like, there'd be something deeply wrong with yes. you if you ever thought about that. I'm just picturing Natalie Portman. You know, there's some old uh, black guy. You know, on the porch. Uh, you know, his dad was a sharecropper, and he and he's just had a long day at the Ford factory, and he. And he his favorite drink is chocolate milk, and she drives by and goes, look at that fucking yes. woman-hating piece of shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like she's never worked a fucking day in her life. No, and conveniently, she weighs about 80 pounds. <laughs> so I, I just think it's a, the veganism thing. I always It's always small women, usually. And I always feel like it's a little bit of a, of, a, of a heist on their part, a little bit of a con, because they just don't consume much meat as a natural part of their diet. Mm-hmm. Even an 80-pound and 90-pound woman where she has 5'2", 90 pounds or 95 pounds, they're not eating a lot of food. And they're definitely not eating a lot of red meat regardless. They just don't have, their bodies just don't require it to be a 90-pound actress. You just don't need to eat a lot of meat. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You're not going to tell like Vladimir Klitschko no. that he's got to cut down on the burgers. He's like, well, you know, I, I'm sure you could find a doctor that would actually break it down. Uh, a nutritionist is like, no, like he needs this many grams of protein to maintain his his muscle. Mass. Yeah, she probably eats 1,200 calories of food a day, and that suits her little petite body. But for someone who's going for 3,000 calories a day and needs a lot of protein, it's just you're not going to get it. I mean, you just don't see a lot of high end vegan athlete professional athletes it just uh, there's just not a lot of them there's some that pretend to be yeah herschel walker although he's uh, got mental problems yes, and is does. definitely lying about being a vegan we yes all, we all understand that. no there's no 240 pound vegans it just, <laughs> just doesn't exist there's no jacked vegans <laughs> Matt, I want to move on to a happier topic of rape. Luke Walton. I don't think so. You, uh, is it fair to say you don't like Luke Walton? I don't like Luke Walton that much. I have no fondness for Luke Walton. I don't hate him. No, but I, I don't, don't like him. I don't like his face. And you don't like his face. I, I hated when he played in the NBA because I'm convinced he was by far the worst player in the league. And he was, and he got how many rings? No business being in the NBA <laughs> yes. whatsoever. And then I was kind of pissed when he became not like in a hater way. Yes, I was just like, Ugh, Luke Walton's the coach of the Lakers. Like, what the fuck? That was a, he got a nice bump from the Warriors. I have to say for uh, being the assistant coach to the Warriors on those championship teams because he didn't deserve to be a head coach. He didn't deserve to be an assistant coach either. I well, he wasn't. Right a, he was the third assistant coach for the Warriors, and then he bumped, he someone left. Uh, Alvin Gentry left, and then Steve Kerr got that weird back disease illness. Yeah, and then he, so he got two promotions like within like a month. And he stood in for a little while, and they went, they went like 23-1 and one or whatever the hell he was, when, not because of him, but when he was the coach. Well, the conventional wisdom was like, he must be a smart player because uh, he sucked really bad at basketball and yes. stayed in the league for some yes. ungodly amount of time. <laughs> and I would kind of say, well, actually, it was nepotism, and uh, he did suck, but that doesn't make you a... Uh, a smart player that he, you just suck at basketball. He was an okay college player, I recall. I don't think I don't I can't even picture him making a shot in the NBA. Um, I know he played a little bit. No, he's a good passer. Good passer. Okay. N- no, he wasn't. That's no. what people say though, oh, because he wasn't good enough to actually get a shot off. Right. So indeed, he did pass the ball. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of guys in college who, like, because of their size, they can they and they're, they're just growing up basketball. They're pretty good. Yeah. But they get the NBA. It just weeds out the guys who can't or you know or, or Damon Lillard. Um, so anyhow, so he this woman Kelly Tennant, a volleyball player, turned into a sportscaster for Time, uh, Time whatever Time Warner, Comcast, whatever the hell it's called now in L.A. Uh, as accused, uh, came out uh, uh, about a few weeks ago and accused Luke Walton of raping, uh, sexually assaulting her. I guess it's not rape if there's no 
intercourse. I don't know. Uh, of they knew each other for several years. Uh, Luke Walton's married. Uh, his wife is a volleyball player or former volleyball player. So he knew this other volleyball player, Kelly Tennant, for like five years. He wrote the forward, forward to her book that she wrote um, that she was putting out. She claims she went to his hotel room when he was Her here. book was about, <laughs> her book was marketed to professional athletes yes. and, or, or I guess college athletes. I think it was professional athletes. And it was about how to transition from being a professional athlete yes. into uh, regular everyday life. She got that published because, uh, you know, the audience for that is uh, about zero, 500 zero, people. Zero. None of them read. No. Um, so un- unclear how that happened. Uh, anyway. Sorry. But then she, so he, he wrote the forward to her. He was friends. She and his wife, I guess, were friends. And she he worked at, at, at L.A. Lakers Sports or L.A. Sports Broadcasting before that he became a Warriors assistant coach after he left the Lakers. He was working at Time Warner Cable, whoever had the Lakers channel. Uh, so they ran into each other a bunch. She claims she went to his hotel room when he was here visiting with the Warriors to give him a copy of the book. He said, uh, you know, why don't you come to my hotel room to give me a copy of the book, as men do. Oh, By yeah. the way, can we stop calling them hotel rooms and just call them bedrooms? <laughs> because it sounds somewhat innocuous when you say, come to my hotel room. But it really is just a bedroom. A hotel room is a actual. It is literally a bedroom. It's a room with a bed and a TV. Well, you could have had a suite, but then you probably would say, "Come up to my suite," because yeah, it sounds, sounds way cooler. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. They had us. It was at uh, what Casa del Mar. You're still Mar. in the. You're, yeah, you're basically in the bedroom. Like you're in when the you bedroom. walk into someone's hotel room, there's that awkward moment where you realize I have to sit on the bed. Yes. <laughs> and also, when you invite, you can't just casually as a man, you can't casually invite a woman to your hotel room because it's a bedroom. So you can invite her to the, the, the breakfast thing downstairs or the lobby or the wherever, or the bar, but you can't invite her to your hotel room. Yeah, I mean, you literally say, come up to my room. Yes. That's, that's like if I was in my house and I wanted to fuck a woman, yes. I would say, let's go into my room. Yes. And they know what that means. Yeah, I'm here for a book discussion. <laughs> You're like, all right, let's go to my bedroom and talk about it. <laughs> so it's kind of obvious. And she said she went along with it. He didn't want to be seen by the players. The play- Warrior players were there. He didn't want to be seen in the lobby with meeting with a woman. Uh, it would have been indiscreet. So he took her to the hotel room. Uh, she claims she wanted to talk about the book. He started kissing her, holding her down on the bed, pinned her down on the bed, started getting aggressive with her. Maybe try to get some of her clothes off. She, you know, he broke it off. She protested. He broke it off and started grabbing her again. It's kind of a weird rape, actually. Now I think about it, it wasn't really. I don't think he ever got his clothes off or her clothes off. And it was kind of like some weird kissing she and grinding. He was like laying on top of her, and he's kissing her. But he's like six eight, like t- you know, got to be two hundred fifty. Well, pounds. she's like six three or six four. She's a tall woman. She's a volleyball uh, player. Not that he, she could fight him off, but I mean, she's not like a petite lady. She's a tall volleyball player. It was on the scale of sexual assault, probably a four. I mean, it sounds pretty aggressive, but you know. Well, she if you also said that she like told him to stop, and he he did kind of stop. Like, yeah, eventually. Then he grabbed her again from behind. Not, not that you can lay out. Obviously, you you can't do that. But more more of her complaints seem to be about the way he was very cavalier about what he said about it. Like, you know, oh, what a nice evening or some shit. Like 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 he was just like she made him. I feel like when a, a woman is telling a story like that and the actual sexual part isn't bad, then they add on these like sort of repertoire like comments that were made that make it seem worse. It's mm-hmm. so like, yeah, he didn't really get too far in terms of raping me, but he made some really insidious comments, like really sadistic comments. Or, like, uh, you know, Yeah, like a guy that gets raped in jail isn't like, yeah, so this guy held me down and pounded me in the ass. 
But then he, he said, like, thanks, honey. And, yeah. and that really is what set me off. He told me I'm horrible on the yard and hoops. <laughs> I was just, like, really angry. Um, so on, on one, so she told the story, and now it's been five. She said it's been five years. She was too scared to tell the story to anybody for five years because uh, she's, they work in the same business. He's in basketball. She works in sports. She was scared of her career, what would happen to her career, this, that, or the other. But here, And, and she seems, when you hear her talk, I don't know if you heard her talk, she held a press conference. She seems... Believable people say she sounds believable, which I think just means she's white and well spoken, from what I can tell. Uh, she's know. never accused anyone before. She's not I accused guess. anyone before. She's very was very well spoken. She seemed to be emotionally upset by what was going on. She seemed to have at least a semi relevant reason why she waited five years. Um, and yet, here's the here's the issue with this: she never went to the police back then or now. So she introduced this rape to the public by launching a lawsuit against Luke Walton. Uh, so now Luke Walton's attorneys are investigating this. Now the NBA, Luke Walton's the new, uh, he got a new, he's the coach of the Sacramento Kings, uh, was named the new coach of the Sacramento Kings for next year. So now the Sacramento Kings and the NBA are investigating, but who's not investigating? The police. <laughs> like no. the, the, the only people who are relevant to this discussion of whether or not she, she was sexually assaulted by Luke Walton in his, in his hotel room are the police. But they've decided to keep them out. She's decided to keep them out of this process. Right. Uh, so I'm not saying that she is making it up. Although if I had to bet on it, I'd say that she is. Uh, she fits all of the uh, hallmarks uh, of the profile of someone that would falsely accuse someone uh, for money and attention. Um, first of all, she is already an activist on this sort of topic. Mm. So... Coincidentally, that always seems to happen to the people that would seem to be most adept at avoiding it. Uh, well, some might say, Matt, uh, uh, devil's advocate, that the advocates are the only ones strong enough to bring this stuff up, that the weaker woman who is not you know, likely to be an advocate would just keep it quiet forever. Well, that's bullshit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just, just bring it up. Anytime, <laughs> I mean, you could look at uh, any example of this, but it always seems to happen to the people whom it would benefit in the form of fodder and material for the very topic that they constantly talk about oh, you so, don't think you don't think though she as a sports reporter she will be a little bit blacklisted because of this no covering I, men's sport as a female reporter well, covering men's sports because remember, remember no, that I, locker room chick no. the chick could complain about the dudes wagging their dicks in the locker room wasn't she kind of blacklisted after the fact yeah because she's an annoying cunt i know but yeah. i'm just saying like aren't men male athletes less likely to do interviews with her or talk to her or give her time Knowing that even if they think it's true, that she accuses men of sexual assault. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And, and in this I would. <laughs> I think I grew up. In this case, I, I don't even believe she's working anymore. So uh, she's doing something for time. I mean, it, it seems minimal. This I mean, would get her name out. And I know she's a horrible person because, um, so she was dating. She was uh, in a long-term relationship with this football player from UCLA. Did not know that this Armenian guy who was a linebacker. Armenian linebacker. He sounds horrible. Yeah, he does actually. And he weighed like, uh, he looked like he weighed about 180 pounds. Oh. So UCLA obviously sucks at football. They if, do. If they he's really a do. linebacker. So he's an offensive lineman, I think. Anyway, uh, point being, he was riding a motorcycle, again, douchebag, uh, two douchebags. Armenian linebacker couple, on a motorcycle. A couple of <laughs> douchebags. And he uh, crashed on the motorcycle, as one does yeah. 
when you ride a motorcycle. You have a year at most. And he uh, lost half of his leg. Oh. And uh, he then had Guess all he's not linebacking anymore. No, no. Although, I mean, maybe they could give him a blade. I don't know. He'd be, like, the best linebacker ever. Uh, but uh, so she broke up with him. And that doesn't make her a bad person because, you know, who wants to fuck someone with one leg yeah especially but an she, armenian on a motorcycle she actually said like someone asked her like don't you think it's kind of you know when this guy needs you he's going through all this stuff and you leave him and she was like yeah i didn't want to deal with it <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> or or m- m- perhaps she's just more honest than you met she said what you were thinking out loud well yeah, i'm sure luke wants i'm just saying i'm sure luke wants said some stupid ass shit before too yeah um I, I just don't, I don't, even, even if it, ha- I'm going with the fact that it happened, that he, he, she, he said, come up to my hotel room, it's his wife's friend, he's on the hotel room on the road, she's a relatively attractive volleyball player, and he's like, I'll get some, I'm going to get some, right? And they went, she said yes, I'm going up to his room, and he started getting aggressive with her, and then, you know, she started pushing him away, and he stopped, or couldn't stop right away, or whatever, maybe he was really fucking horny. And then eventually he stopped. As far as I know, nobody's clothes got taken off in any fashion. Right. Um, and so I, I'm willing to bet that ha- that happened. But the big problem is, like, if you don't report that right away and or even go to the police, there's a six-year statute of limitation on, on sexual assault in California. You still go to the police to not only validate the fact to the public that this actually happened to you, or at least you're suggesting under penalty of perjury that it happened, like a Jussie Smollett, at least had to face repercussions because there's a police report. Mm-hmm. If he just did a press conference, there'd be no repercussions for what he did. Um, so you at least file a police report to let know you're serious, but also, presumably, you're trying to take a sexual assaulter off the streets so other women yeah. don't get sexually assaulted. Yeah, the monetary aspect is, is bizarre. I mean, in terms of an analogy, so let's just say, uh, hypothetically, someone killed your entire family. They broke into your house and murdered them in cold blood. Yeah. And you were like... I think about it a lot. Your first thought... <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be free. Your first thought would be, I need justice. I need this guy sent to prison. I want him to pay for his crimes. Your first thought wouldn't be, how much money does he have? Yeah, can I sue him? I want like a, a million dollars from she, that She guy. did hire this... Speaking of Armenians, she hired an Armenian uh, um, uh, personal injury attorney, the one with the ambulance on their website, to to lead her case. It's not saying, you know, this, that, or the other. Maybe he's just good at these cases. But that was a little odd to have a press conference with a personal, an ambulance chaser essentially announcing you're suing him civilly for an undisclosed amount of money because he sexually assaulted you. And she claims he was rude to her, like was intimidating <laughs> her the next five years about the incident. Yeah, how like, much do you get for the rudeness? I don't know. Is that an extra 50? Well, she felt hostility in like where she worked. I had assumed that they had fucked before. I, I had assumed it was they were hooking up. I thought of. so, too. I thought so, too. That was kind of weird. I but mean, do we know that that's not true? I, I have no... Uh, not not no. that you couldn't sexually No, no, he said that he never had sexual relations with her. And she well, said... Yeah, because he's married. <laughs> no, but I mean, he's, he claimed he never had intimate... Was never alone with her before. Okay. And, and, and again, I'm going on the fact that this happened. I'm... I'm, I'm accepting her facts in the case. I mean, she might be prejudicial about the way they went down, but I'm accepting the facts. But you can't just, five years later, sue somebody, launch an MBA investigation, and never have, say, a sex crimes detective from LAPD who's been doing this for 30 years investigate, interview people, you know, uh, pull people in for subpoenas and so forth, and force them to testify where everything gets really serious, and this guy who probably knows bullshit from not bullshit can detect stuff. 
you leave the like the experts out of the case and you bring in all these fucking attorneys and NBA investigators, what the hell are they going to find? Well, yeah, well, that's why I think she's lying. But either way, I don't know. That's why I said I think she is. But what what can you investigate? There's no camera in the room. No. So it's her word against his. I don't find her to be especially. I think it's, you could prove that she has some self-interest involved and she wants money. So uh, I, I assume she can't win a civil case based off what she has. So I assume she's going for a settlement. But also, the I mean, don't be surprised if the NBA does something to Walt, no, because they have to kind of do something. I mean, that's what's frightening about the whole thing, though. And I mean, I think about it whenever I'm I, I definitely think about who I want in my hotel room. Like the other day, uh do you I live in a hotel room? Is that like your <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> like Howard Hughes? Like who comes up in the private elevator to my my penthouse? Well, just, no. But just recently, I was hanging out with some friends, and we kind of, uh, you know, were drinking. And he, kind of unbeknownst to me, because he's bad at communicating, called these two women into my house, who I pretty much immediately surmised were hookers. Mm. And uh, after about five minutes, one of them was looking at me weird, and I said. Get the fuck out of my house yes. right now. Yes. Because I know something's not right and how that's going to go down. And all it would take is her to say, you know, uh, this guy uh, raped me. And I don't know. Yeah. Then I'd have to hire a lawyer and there'd probably be money involved at some point. You and uh, Robert Kraft have the same sort of issues. <laughs> you and billionaire Patriots owner Robert Kraft suffered the same problem with sex workers. No, it's true. It's it's it's. And also, you have a t- anytime you're rich or famous, Luke Walton, you, he's rich and famous enough. He was, you know, a big guy back then, still is. You, there's a target on your head for sure. Um, people always talk about the great, you know, th- it's great to be rich and famous. One of the downsides is how much you're targeted by people. Yeah. Uh, just suspicious, shady con men and ladies trying to g- game you for shit. Uh, and that sucks. So you got to be smarter than inviting a woman back up to your hotel room, unless you're sure shit's going down. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it just the whole thing to me is like you got to go to the cops. There's got to be some rule like you go to the cops, or it's not legit, or just not allowed to talk about it. Like there's got to be some legal rule that like the first stop has to be the police for anything that's criminal, any criminal charges. Like you can't just accuse someone of a crime without having gone to the police first. There should be some law where you can just like shut someone down or sue them. If they don't go through the proper channels. Right. Because it's a heavy accusation. I mean, it was a top story for a week. The NBA is going to do something to him because they can't appear to do nothing in a sexual assault case. Well, they're probably digging up dirt on her, too, though. I mean, oh, I'm sure they do. I'm I sure they have great detectives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, publicly, they're going to have to, like, put him on probation or some shit if they find out that he didn't do anything wrong. If nothing else, he is accused of sex. He probably brought a woman who's not his wife up to his hotel room on the road. They're going to have to do something just to appease people. Did That's you, the scary part. Did you read that article? I haven't read it in full disclosure, but there's a theory that so the quality of play in the NBA seems to be better than it was like 10 years ago. Yes. And there's a theory that because these guys aren't going out to these clubs all the time, they're just on Tinder. And so it's way easier for them to get laid without like spending time. And You mean they're not, they're not up late at night? They do seem they're, they're just not out carousing. If like if they want to get laid, they just go on Tinder and some chick. Comes. There do seem to be less cases of like who was it like uh, Charles Oakley back in the day with like fifteen year olds in his limousine like with cocaine like <laughs> it's like yeah. you do seem less of the nightclub incidents and that stuff like that. And I wonder also too if like just less weed maybe like uh, guys just weed used to be like at some point someone said it was like sixty percent among players. 
And not that it's harder to get weed these days, but I wonder if players are just just imbibing less, smoking less weed. Maybe it's even a different brand they're using, but like less or just blatantly less stone than they used to be. Something, uh, but you're right. The play. I mean, there seem to be a sharper number of sharp athletes on the court at any given time. Yeah, There's, yeah. It's uh, it's probably a lot of factors, but. There's, le- there's less. There's you don't have to, and and it's way easier to get weed. So I mean, you just have to be out on the town a lot less, unless you. That's probably true too. But the, also the strength and condition, nutrition stuff they have now mm-hmm. is so different than it used to be, and guys now are taking that I think a lot more seriously than they used to be. So I was watching uh, third time you referenced that Portland Denver game last night it was great. But guys played like 50 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Jokic is seven footer. He set the record for most minutes played by a seven footer in a game. Oh wow! And it's like. You know, you, can you play basketball for fifty minute a fifty minute basketball game when you're seven foot two eighty? <laughs> That's like you gotta be in pretty good shape to do that. Yeah, That's he's like, not eating kale and fucking ancient grains. No, know. but he's probably not drinking a lot and smoking a lot either. So. All right, Matt, I want to talk to you about uh, your new book. Is it on the uh, NYT bestseller list yet? Not yet, but. Uh I think, uh, based on the title, it'll get some uh, hateful press, which is usually good, although you're not supposed to admit that. No. Uh, hide this, the book is called Hide This From Your Wife, One Man's Thoughts on the Me Too Era. And honestly, uh, outside of Weinstein and like Spacey, you've been affected by the Me Too Era more than anybody. <laughs> kind of see you as the, as the, header, the bisexual Kevin Spacey. Uh, <laughs> this is like a, 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 a collection of all your thoughts about how men have been screwed over by women especially in the last few years under, under the Me Too era. Is that about a good, a good summation of it? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'd phrase it that way. I mean, I don't know if men have been. It's basically just debunking a lot of the poor logic that, has, that a lot of the Me Too movement has centered around so far. Um, but isn't that, isn't that the basis of that logic that the Me Too movement centers around the fact that women have been historically and currently screwed by the patriarchy? Yeah. by the male-dominated uh, personal, professional, business world, and that uh, it's time for men to step aside and to step back and let women have equal opportunity. And you disagree. <laughs> so which part of that premise do you just... I, mean, I assume you, on the, on the outcome, on the uh, incomes, uh, input side, you agree that women should have equal opportunity. Of course. So you probably disagree with the, first, with the framework, right? I think they do have equal opportunity. In fact, I think they have more than equal opportunity. So to continue saying that you don't have equal opportunity and that you're disadvantaged is dishonest. And I think half of them actually believe it because they've been taught this. And I think the other, I wouldn't say of the people saying this, there's plenty of normal women who are well-adjusted and do just fine and are are cool. But Um, don't you think they generally believe this generally as well? Yeah, well, if you told anyone, like, hey, don't you have it really hard? If you said that to me, I'd be like, yeah. Yes. But meanwhile, we all know that if myself and uh, a woman of uh, this sort of comparable race, age, and level of physical attraction, et cetera, applies for a job, they're going to get it over me. We all know that and understand that. And if you think that's wrong, you're... You're wrong. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. We're, I always. I agree with you in, in principle. I think we're a little warped in being in L.A. in Hollywood, where it's especially prominent. That's especially prominent, because there's probably places in that are less progressive, that are less uh, 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 liberal, 
less creative arts industry where it's probably not exactly like that. Yeah. Um, so I think there are probably places, but the thing that but those jobs are also less desirable. They're they're highly less desirable. But the thing that I think kills me is that, uh, or I disagree with, I'd say on your thing is that like it's definitely white college educated white women. I do think minority women still suffer worse than anybody else. Yeah, but they're not the ones complaining. No, that's right. Yeah, correctly. They're not me too hashtagging. No, but I think you know being in New York or L.A. or on the coast and with upscale. College-educated, relatively smart, white-collar women—that's definitely the—that's definitely what I, I agree. But I do think on the other end of the spectrum that minority black and Hispanic women gets fucked more worse than anybody, pretty much. The, yeah, absolutely. Versus, versus their male counterparts. Yeah, I mean, I—that's why I think I, I did try and clarify. Like, yeah, it's the it's the women that are vocal and complaining. Yes. and all all of the things that you just said, but. There's just such the a women level. you date. You don't date like a lot of like <laughs> black women from the uh, from Compton, right? Um, not that you would, not that you want, but I you don't mean, come across necessarily. Sort of, but yes. uh, <laughs> you know, but they're they respect like uh, a gang bitch. You have a gang bitch. I no, I don't. I, don't, <laughs> yes. I learned that lesson a while back. Uh-huh. Um, one of them stole my house key. Had to change the lock. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, there's just there's just this crazy double standard, and they get pissed when you call them out, and they can't argue, so they just go, "Oh, well, you're just a fucking loser. Oh, you're a men's rights activist. Uh, absolutely not. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about men. Uh, I, I want everyone to have equal rights, but that's just a way of demeaning you. Like, I told this one story. I went to my friend, uh, girl. I went to her birthday party at this hipster shitty bar called Good Times at Davy Wayne's. Don't ever go there. And in no. fact, if you're in the neighborhood, you know, graffiti it. I'd rather go property. to Dave and Buster's for the evening. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, and she's wearing booty shorts. Her butt's kind of hanging out of her, of her shorts. And she looked good. And I was wearing a much more conservative shorts. But given that it was, you know, 90 degrees out, uh, they were shorts. And so the bouncer, who's this arrogant uh, man, uh, said, no, 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 you're not, you're not coming in. And I said, why not? And he said, you're wearing shorts. And I said, well, every woman in here is wearing shorts. And he said, well, you're not a woman. And I said, uh, that may be the best compliment you got all you, day. And yes. I might come back and kill you. Wow. And, and then I said, uh, well, I identify as a woman. Yes. And he said, get, the, f- get yeah, the fuck out of here. Work. But I told everyone that it pissed me off because, I, you know, it kind of ruined my day. I couldn't go to the party that I plan on going to. And every woman's response was, I can't believe you're complaining about this, you fucking loser. And yeah. it's like, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say because you have the double standard. You get to wear, what if you'd worn booty shorts to, uh, say, uh, uh, Hamburger Mary's? That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, she would be let in. I'd get free drinks <laughs> you, for the night. Yeah, she would. <laughs> a famous gay bar in West Hollywood. <laughs> so the double standard does apply to heterosexual men largely at uh, straight at straight clubs. There's, but there's a ton of double standards. I mean, dude, one of the weirdest ones that I was just thinking of for some reason because I forgot to put it in the book. But um, so in New York City, you are not allowed to purchase a large soda. Correct. Um, in the same because of health reasons, in the same city, it's illegal if a visibly pregnant woman is throwing down shots of whiskey to not serve her that. Really? Because she's pregnant. Oh, because she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of rights. Well, the thing that kills me about this, and I think it's sort of based on this, is that like, and I was I always write write about this, go back because nobody knows about it, was that when affirmative action was passed in the early '60s. It was designed largely for black people. 
There were not very Hispanic people of any sort of political significance in this country at the time. So it was, it was there were riots, and, and, and Dr. King was coming up. There were riots in, in various cities in the North and the South, uh, Jim Crow laws. And so the civil rights and the affirmative action that followed in the early 60s under Kennedy uh, was really designed to be equal employment, equal opportunity for black people, men and women. Mm-hmm. And at some point, a few years later, after the law was pa- after the law, civil rights law was passed and the uh, affirmative action laws were passed, a bunch of white feminist women went back. This was like four or five years later, and had amended the affirmative action laws amended to include all women, not just minority women, but white women, claiming that they were an underclass, underprivileged, uh, uh, you know, class that was oppressed, institutionally oppressed. And that was a huge thing that happened, and nobody really paid much attention to it. But that was, since that time, 40, 50 years ago, by far, by far, the largest beneficiary of all the benefits of affirmative action have gone to white women. Yeah. Uh, which is insane, because, well, maybe at the time they had somewhat of a case that they were treated less, less well than white men. They were treated way better than minority women. And still are. And they've assumed all the college benefits, professional benefits, the career benefits, the higher pay, uh, all, the, uh, all the academia stuff. Everything uh, has gone. Scholarships has all benefited by major, by vast majority to white women. Um, so when they complain now about that group in particular about being oppressed, they have gotten away somehow with claiming to be a, a minority group. Mm-hmm. an oppressed minority group, as if they are black women or Hispanic women, which they're clearly not. And everyone just sort of, the, the mainstream press, moder- media, everyone just sort of agrees with that. And it's kind of gone to the heads of women, like, you know, whether it be Natalie Portman or somebody else, that like, even if I'm really successful and really well off, if I'm a woman, I'm still innately oppressed. Yeah, it's definitely gone to their heads. Um I mean, I had, again, an ex-girlfriend uh, named Maria. Huge bitch, if you ever uh, are on the UCLA campus. Your ex-girlfriend seemed like a great lineup of ladies. Oh, uh, yeah, there's some problems. By the way, they all speak really highly of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. They, they, they all, all use you in analogies of, of a great man that got away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all say I'm a <laughs> the, total sucker. The one that got away. Um, but she was complaining about her job and... She she would call it an argument. I just was calling it a discussion. Yes. I said, well, it seems like a very cushy job that you have. Uh, it pays well. And, uh, you know, you work in, a, in an office. And, and uh, so I said, uh, how many men work in your office, by the way? She was like, what? Zero. And I was like, how many coworkers do you have? She's like, five. The whole department's women. And I was like, um, Okay, that has something to do with why you got that job. And then she said, no, it doesn't. I got the job because I'm qualified. Are you saying that I'm not qualified? And I said, uh, no, I'm not saying that. And then I looked up uh, UCLA's actual language on their website, and it says, we want to hire women. more women. Yes. <laughs> we want to hire. It, it actually says in detail, like, we want to hire, like, four women for every one or two men or, or whatever. They have been legally allowed. They've been given exclusions from uh, um, laws that forbid, obviously, it has to be equal employment opportunity. So they, these organizations have been given exclusions to, uh, under the sh- by showing there's a duress, there's a lack of women, there's been institutional sexism against women, mm-hmm. they're allowed to counterbalance this by being sexist, like blatantly, right. to be openly say, we want women to apply, we were looking for women to hire. 
Right. Uh, they've right. been given leave. They've been given leave to do that legally. Yeah, so I show that to her, which basically proved my point, and she was like, "Fuck you, you're a piece of shit." That's how those those things go. But um, <laughs> it, but it's true that men used to be hired, uh, you know, as much, probably more than women, and so the higher up uh, positions now are disproportionately men. Yes, but not for long. You're now actively engaging in reverse discrimination by only hiring women, and that means that uh, ten years from now, those higher up positions will be almost exclusively women and i don't think at that point you're going to be like well we have a policy of hiring more men than women so <laughs> no let's uh call a spade a spade here you're being given a lot of privilege that's when i still see like a gate whether it be gay men in hollywood saying how they'll never be truly be equals I'm like no you're better than equals <laughs> you're doing actually better than equals yeah you're doing better than your heterosexual counterparts or women like you said yeah it's, it's a it's a process but the shift dramatic shift in the last 10 or 15 years has been dramatic. I mean, the number, you can look at the number of college grads, professional school grads, uh, women being hired into here in LA into entertainment studio positions that all rise up in the company. So, yeah, now they're not as high up as the 60 year old men because they're 35 year old women, but someday they'll be the 60 year old women running everything. Right. So, it is changed. I mean, there was definitely discrimination against women for not just openly discrimination, but just the way the system worked. There were companies that were 90% men or 80% men, upper management still like 80, 90% men. But clearly, that has now changed. Right. But there's no recognition of the fact that that's changed. I checked. Uh, I always check LinkedIn for the hires in, in entertainment in Hollywood, and every week there's about 30 mentions of new hires. And every week now, 28 or 29 of them are women, out of yeah. 30. Out of 30. So and it, and that doesn't. And by the way, if you said anything in a workplace inappropriate you would immediately be reprimanded yes, you would. and fired and th is that why every i mean you are obsessed with the handmaid's tale but yes yeah and so every torture, show like torture, mad torture. men and and miss mazel every show every tv show every movie is about a time when uh when you said impressed. give me a drink and I'll, I'll pat you on the butt yes that was a long time ago yes and uh but they're acting as though that's still the culture, and we all know that it's not. And, they're, and the other thing is, too, is they're equating it to actual minority groups, which bothers me a lot because I do, you know, I'm very libertarian in many things, but I do actually see the systemic racism that still exists against minority groups. Mm -hmm. So women, ostensibly white women from good backgrounds or in professional positions, are still trying to make themselves congruent with minority women, women, Hispanic women in the fields picking strawberries, black women trying to get jobs in the cities, where there is a, a large amount of institutional racism and things work, uh, huge obstacles working against them. And they're trying to equate themselves with that. And that really, there's only so much like care a society can give to like people that are screwed by the system. Like there's only so much care the system will give to the people screwed by the system. And I feel like those white women take a lot of that energy away from the people we really should be directing at. Definitely. So, and if, like, if affirmative action had never included Caucasian women, I think there would have been a lot more progress for minorities. But the white women came from positions where now, like, what did white, what's the first, who were the first people that white guys, when they handed over the reins of power and started hiring outside of white guys, who did they hire? White women. <laughs> they hired white women yeah. who looked like their wives or were their wives or sisters or nieces or stuff like that. So you still have the whole country club thing going on. It's just now equal. Now it's just men and women in the country club, and the same thing happened with Title IX too. Mm, so that yeah. was, you know, designed to have equal access to sports, which I don't agree with. But I, 
it's not too damaging. But but uh, you still feel women shouldn't be uh, playing sports, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, but <laughs> now it's uh, it's it's been uh, it's being applied to like uh, oh this this professor said something I didn't like. I want to ruin his life under Title Nine, and it's like yeah, that's not what that's for. No, and it's never it's never really the it's never really the, there are oppressed women. It's never really the truly oppressed women who are complaining. They seem to be vastly underrepresented politically and socially and in popular media. Whereas, like you mentioned before, the people who are complaining about Me Too seem to be the people that have it by far the best. Yes, absolutely. Uh, check, out, check out Matt's book, uh, Hide This From Your Wife. Yeah, you have to go to Amazon and go to like Kindle because it's an ebook. Yeah, I plan on having a real book pretty soon on another topic, but yeah, you have to get a Kindle. Just, I think you can look up misogynist, right? Misogynist <laughs> author, favorite favorite misogynist authors will get you there too. <laughs> um, I want to talk about a real female athlete, Mary Gregory. Uh, <laughs> we got an email from Amy. Uh, how come not a single major news organization is talking about that trans woman powerlifter who shattered four American lifting records uh, or the, about the fact that she is ruining, he, she is ruining women's sports? So Mary Gregory uh, was a man who decided to become a woman. Uh, I'm just getting Recently, angry. right? Like a year ago, just identified as a woman and went through some of the hormone stuff or whatever, put on a wig of some kind, and, uh, um, and now competes in powerlifting. And <laughs> looks like a dude... Of course, in a wig, um, and went to this. It looks like more of a dude than I do. It's just a guy. It's a guy with long, who's got like a bob, a bob haircut. Yeah, basically a shitty haircut. A shitty haircut. And uh, uh, so Mary Gregory, the newly named Mary Gregory, went to this powerlifting competition somewhere in the U.S. and won nine out of nine <laughs> competitions. <laughs> Including four new American, setting, shattering four new American Including, records. believe it or not, the bench press. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you saw that coming. Yeah, it turns out the, the person with the, the pectoral muscles won the, won the bench able press. able to win the bench press. It, it's just insane. And the most insane part, part about the story to me was not that, because we've seen now, we've covered five or six stories of women in various sports who used to be huge men, especially in those athletic men, professionally competing men, who became women and dominated sports. Uh, but this one was kind of crazy because not a single sports or new mainstream news outlet covered the story. They just didn't cover it. They didn't cover it for the accomplishment. They didn't cover it for the backlash, which came from every single female athlete who competed and everybody who watched it on TV and every single female athlete around the world. A number of Olympic, uh, legitimate female Olympic athletes came out and said, this is just fucking bullshit. It could have been covered from, yeah, from a serious perspective. It also could have been covered as just a goofy story like, you know how the rat had a slice of pizza? Yeah, I love that. Like, story. look at this dude beating all these women at weightlifting. <laughs> like, it's funny. It is funny, except that all these women who can fucking compete their ass off can't win anymore. And and they, it's a funny. This woman, Mary Gregory, trans woman, sent out the Instagram like I was really worried about how I'd be received as a trans woman at this competition. But thank you to everybody for being so accepting. And or else. Meanwhile, every every other Instagram or Twitter is like, screw you. You, you, you screwed. What is this? You're a dude with a long hair and you're being this in, in weightlifting? It's just not fair. I mean, we've covered these stories so many times now. And the only people who are uh, not afraid to bring up this topic was like Martina Navratilova, uh, other female athletes, generally lesbian, a lot of lesbian feminist athletes, legit athletes, who are just see what the hell's going on, which is dudes are competing as women in power power sports 
and just shattering all women's records and destroying it for every lady involved. Yeah. I mean, if it was something I thought mattered, I guess I, I would be offended. It's offend- offensive from a, a you know logical perspective, but it's also women's weightlifting that really no one gives a shit about. <laughs> that's but true. I do feel, yeah, I do kind of feel bad for the women, though. I mean, that's the, that's their thing that they have, and I would assume there's not much money involved, but they're they're losing some money, I would think. They're losing money, they're losing the trophies and the titles, and uh, presumably the women who came in second and third worked their fucking asses off and thought they were going to win. Well, I th- and then there's a person who's 40% stronger than they are comes in and just sh- you know doesn't com- compete fairly. You know what I think the answer is cuz the um that South African runner named Caster mm. um that's her first name I can't remember her last name. That should give you a hint that she's kind of a guy because she has a guy's name. Um he uh, uh, she whatever um just got banned from uh, competing with women in running because obviously she's the, by far the fastest one because she's uh, she's actually a, ambiguously gendered but she has uh, testes uh, inside <laughs> of her body okay th- and those produce testosterone I wish I keep mine inside my body that'd be really fucking convenient. <laughs> that'd be way more convenient so much more convenient and just aesthetically more pleasing yes uh, be like a Roman statue <laughs> and she has like ten times more testosterone than the other women and. Uh, so I don't know all the specifics, but they recently just said, look, you can't compete with these women. You have a totally unfair advantage. And, you know, some people were like, that's wrong. But anyone that really thinks about it, it's like, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. So I think, anyway, the answer is um, that we're just going to have to have a separate category uh, for trans people. Open gender, Just open gender category. Well, that would be... Men, they would win at everything. Oh, men, not gymnastics, some of those. Um, well, but it would be... Op- it, you're talking about it would all be trans women. Because trans men would not compete in that category because they would lose to the trans women. Right. Well, these, yeah. See, these you are say all... say the trans women category. These are all guys, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. They have, these, the guys have the natural muscle and dexterity advantage. Yeah. Although, in the, but in the case of uh, the South African caster woman, she's, she's, again, she's neither really a man or a woman, mm-hmm. but she's more of a woman and she identifies as a woman. Um I but just think there should be a separate anything goes category, <laughs> a gender fluid category. Who would want, yeah. who do you, who do you suppose well, the it, audience for that would be? It, well, it's like the Special Olympics. That'd be day three. Not, That'd be like the final. Like, not yeah. very much. But. Oh, you mean like spe- they do the Special Olympics like two weeks after the regular Olympics, and then even after the Special Olympics, they would have the gender neutral Olympics. See, the the problem is just like we were talking about in terms of having these privileges and double standards, the whole idea of a women's category is an insane handout and a fucking privilege because it's like, okay, we've acknowledged that you can't really uh, run as fast as men. We're going to give you your own thing. Yeah, but I, uh, does that bother There's I no mean, men's category for the... Uh, but they separate boys from men. They separate the age groups. Gymnastics routine. No, but they have age groups. They have like 16 under basketball and stuff like that. Or they do have age requirements. You have to be 19 to be in the NBA. So you separate by age, you know, kids who are eight aren't playing basketball against kids who are 16. Right. So they do recognize that different age groups have different abilities. I'm not, I don't have a problem with the women's sports, per se. I mean, I have a problem with Roxanne Gay saying the L.A. Sparks games are sold out or the WNBA makes money. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I, I would just like like to acknowledge that it's obviously like... Like otherwise women, otherwise women weightlifters could never, ever compete anywhere. Well, so like they would Ser- just go away. Serena Williams... Believes yes. in her heart yes. that she is the best tennis player in the world, right? Because she beats other women at tennis. 
I, I don't know if she understands that she's not the best tennis player in the world because there are hundreds, if not thousands of men that could easily beat her. But she, again, she's just been fed this horse shit that she seems to have internalized, not understanding that she's in an inferior category of tennis player. Uh, wait till some dude becomes a female tennis player and kicks her, kicks her ass. I wonder how she'll come out against that. Again, I think the biggest story here is that like nobody in the media will touch this story because they're so scared of the trans being labeled transphobic that they can't even point out the ridiculousness of having a dude with long hair shatter records by like 30% and destroy the hopes and dreams of all the female athletes competing. Like that's a huge story. By the way, a huge story for women. So there's this intersectional chart which kind of says who you're supposed to be more afraid of. Mm-hmm. And trans is definitely above women, uh, lesbian, female athletes who you think who you thought would be okay. They must get a lot of privilege in the press, but then there's like they're topped by like trans, you know, trans f- people in the intersectional Olympics, and so yeah, they're not they're allowed the, to talk about it. Well, dude, so I sent, and I hate talking about Rain Dove so much because I'm, I don't really the give future a shit. Mrs. Matt Ralston, <laughs> or Mister. I don't know. She she is so blatantly on on many occasions. Made up stories to flatter, you know, to make herself insert herself into the news. And one of them on my blog, mattrawson.net, I thoroughly took her statements and looked at. So she claimed, I guess I'll make this real quick, but she claimed that she was a firefighter and living as a man, and everyone thought she was a man. And I looked at her Facebook photos of this firefighting, and she has enormous tits and looks like sort of a a chick who's not very attractive, right. but no one would think she was a man. So she's going around on campuses saying this shit, lying about all kinds of shit. That is one that I was able to verify she was lying about. Anyway, so I hit up the Daily Mail, who publishes all of her garbage uh, without fact-checking it. Uh, they don't respond. Uh, various other media outlets that don't respond. Perez Hilton, I go, look, uh, this, this person, this internet celebrity, is a liar. It's unequivocally true. And no one wants to touch it. No, no one wants to say, yeah, you know, no one wants to call her out because she's, she is a LGBT person. And uh, it's fucked up. Uh, it is incredibly fucked up. And I think the fact that people are scared about it means that you can just invent a fake science or just say Mary Gregory, whatever his name used to be, can just come in and destroy people in the category. (laughs) And you're not even allowed to talk about it. Like, it's not even a valid, up-for-debate topic. Martina Navratilova, who is a lesbian, famous lesbian athlete, who went through a lot of shit and broke molds herself, is then kicked off charities and different organizations for for pointing this fact out. That's how insane it's become. They've got everyone scared. And someone like Dove and other people... They take advantage. They know that people are scared. They know that yes. right now they have free reign to to gobble up whatever accolades there might be. And no one's going to say, for example, uh, you're obviously a dude that's weightlifting. Yes. Or you're a pathological liar, <laughs> and there's proof of that. Or whatever it might be. It's it's like the it's the most insane level of entitlement I have ever seen. And and by the way, there's still zero science behind any of it. There's not. This is not like not some immutable characteristic. There is just no evidence that Mary Gregory, the weightlifter, was born to be a woman. <laughs> There's just evidence that he was a man, became a woman, and now is kicking ass and powering powerlifting and making all these like otherwise uh, strong ladies cry, <laughs> cry because their sport has just has just been ruined. And there's nothing they can do about it without being called names. <laughs>
Matt, <laughs> uh, we got an email from Rick about uh, that. Uh, well, he said, is it wrong? I'll just read his question. It seems disturbing. Is it wrong that I'm tugging one out to a Muslim chick in a burkini and a hijab and SI swimsuit? Uh, no. <laughs> everyone's seen this woman. I forget her name, but I'm going to say Muslim, Muslim name. Uh, uh, she's SI every year for the last, I don't know, six, when they decided that they couldn't just be, actually, they literally had a woman diversity editor take over their swimsuit thing and to empower women and the SI swimsuit thing. I don't know why, because clearly they make all their money from having hot chicks half naked on, on their magazine. Um, so that has the, where they get their money from hasn't changed, but the public profile SI wanted, especially when they're owned by Time Warner, was that they're very diverse and, and open to women. They're not just sexist, misogynist, uh, cheesecake photos. So they started having the heavyset women. Ashley Graham was on there. Some other heavyset ladies in the in the bikinis. Then they had the old ladies, and then they had like the disabled ladies, and then they had the just blatantly unattractive ladies. They haven't. They the still hair lip ladies still <laughs> haven't had an amputee, but no, uh, we all know it's it's coming. It's coming. Anything. And by the way, the real hypocrisy of this, of course, is that. As much as they promote this in their press releases and their press conference, if you ever look at the way their their website or their magazines are set up, it's fifty to one hundred pages of just classically hot models, half naked, before you get to anything that is what they're promoting as like the new face of the SI swimsuit thing, because mm -hmm. they know where the consumer purchase is coming from. No one's buying the magazine of like the seventy year old lady in, in her bikini, so they know where the money is coming from. But here's the, here's the question. Here's what I read from this. I, I don't know about Rick, who's tugging one out. But the idea that the, the woman who's fully dressed in a bikini and hijab, because that's part of her Islamic roots, and she's not allowed to show skin in public, uh, isn't that sort of a lose-lose situation in the fact that, like, one, you're showing that a symbol of oppression for women <laughs> in Islam is just they can't allow to, they're not allowed to show any skin, which was a rule made by, <laughs> made by men so that women would not be sexy to other men. You're still showing her enslavement. It's sort of her shackles. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's not sexy because she's fully dressed and covered head to toe. So I don't even understand what they're promoting with that photo. Is it like what Islam is, like the subjugation of women in Islam can be sexy, but it's not really sexy? And I don't know, because it's still... So the whole issue, the whole the whole thing is based on outside of this Muslim woman, but historically, and 99% of it, like you said, is based on uh, sort of Western uh, standards of how much clothes you can wear. So it's very <laughs> socially acceptable at the beach to wear a bikini, um, and, and it's normal. And you rarely see someone wearing a full suit hijab. However, there are cultures where I'm quite certain uh, women go to the beach uh, butt-ass naked, Yes. And their uh, fat, labia fat are ger fat German women hanging out, <laughs> and you you're not going to see that represented in yeah. that magazine. So it, it's like uh, you know we're we're kind of committed to this Western. We've accepted you no longer need a one piece. You can wear a two piece uh, that's up your ass. But I, I guess if you wanted to, you could wear a full body suit. But I don't know. Why are we not showing the like Bahamian women or whoever they are that are, uh, you know, squatting just butt naked <laughs> on the beach? I don't understand. Or the or the Samoan ladies doing this doing this. Can same. we get the chick who's making a salary r to do nothing on this that that works for the what, what was her job again? Oh, for, for the editor, for the diversity editor for the SI swimsuit. Yeah. Um, I don't even understand like 
the, the funny part is like when they when they try to cover these stories from a very like sort of progressive understand world understanding of issues like this is how women are sexy in Saudi Arabia. I'm like women are slaughtered in Saudi Arabia. Like they don't vote to be like covered from head to toe and have no right to say in what they wear and to be lashed to receive forty lashes if a man looks at them with a sexy gaze. These are like symbols of a these are symbols of oppression. Like the 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 fact that they're not addressed is sort of like the noose, as it were, of, of blacks in the South. I mean this is like a this is what is used to keep them down. Every time I see a poll of a secret poll of women in these countries, they all want to dress as they wish. They don't want to dress like this. Uh, it, it's like they've kind of like weirdly tried to sexify this sort of subjugation of, of women as if it's a sexy thing and they're really cool and progressive because they're showing how Muslim women can be hot even when Allah forbids them <laughs> from showing their bodies in public. Yeah, and it's not hot. It'd be like no. It'd be like if you were looking at a porn site and it showed a woman in a burqa. Yes. And she was sitting on a chair, and all you could see is a person in a giant potato sack, basically. <laughs> yes. And the title of it was like "Woman Fingers Herself," <laughs> but you can't see what she's doing, so you're really just looking at yes a photo of a person uh, covered up. So it's like that's kind of the point of the swimsuit issue: is it shows some skin. So you're kind of going against the whole basic premise of your own fucking thing. I mean, the, let's face it. The, the swimsuit edition, the women in bikinis, is a, it, it's a cheesecake thing designed to titillate men. It's not a, as much as women say it's a female empowerment thing, it's not a female empowerment thing. No. It's designed to sell copies and to titillate men and to get them to, to read the magazine. But at least the women, the models in those cases, can make some bogus argument about how they're proud of their bodies and they're doing what they want and their, their sexualities and they're in control of it. And by the way, they're getting paid. Yeah. So it's at least a very progressive, that is very progressive about it. Sort of woman like in a, in a hijab and a burkini where like, you know, she's going to be lose a, f- a finger or a foot if she shows skin. <laughs> it's going to be like beaten in the square. I, and by the way, again, it's not sexy to, for her to be wearing it. It doesn't even look sexy in it. She looks like she came out of uh, the mosque. She's wearing a wetsuit. She's wearing a wetsuit to, <laughs> to the mosque. I don't even. It's like they don't even figure out like what the best way of portraying this is. Went showing a Muslim woman who had thrown off her shackles of this clothing and actually wearing a bikini. Because I remember there's a model Playboy like ten years ago ran the first ever Muslim woman on their cover, and she was like death threats. She received death threats from everywhere. Yeah, I thought that was more valiant. That was more bravery and, and progressive than this. Well, you could have it both. You could have it progressive and sexy. So find one of those women in Saudi Arabia that's tired of, you know, the whole thing. And, you know, they wear the heels under the burk. Like, <laughs> yes. it's like, oh, real fucking rebellious there. <laughs> yeah. But have one of them that decides they're over it do a strip tease. So they come out in the burqa, you know, the first couple shots. And, you know, all of a sudden they're pulling it up to their knee. And then, you know, the next shot... Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, she's just in a bra and panties, and I'd fucking jerk That sounds like the porn that you would watch. Yeah, I would. I like the, 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 there's a whole, like, Muslim Arabian porn section now, I've noticed. Although it's it's really hard to tell if the authenticity of their cultural origins, (laughs) but they seem to put them in hijabs, or they seem to put them in, like, like cliche Lawrence of Arabia backdrops to make you think that they're they're Arabic Arabic women. I'm assuming they're just Hispanic. Yeah, the, well, well exactly one of sure. them, the Mia Khalifa, yes. she's uh, Middle Eastern of some sort, and she she kind of r- runs with that. Like she does a lot of the hijab porn, 
but she's she's like from fucking Tallahassee. It's, it's not yes. like she uh, she grew up in Riyadh. <laughs> yeah, the the con- she still does get death threats, but who knows if she's writing them herself? I don't know. Uh, you think she got the Jesse Smollett writing her death threats? <laughs> quite possible. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I want to end uh, today's segment on women, uh, the women's show, uh, with uh, women in leggings, mm. but not the kind you like to l- not check, you, uh, check out on Pornhub. Uh, so uh, a, a, a larger-sized lady who's a councilwoman in Kentucky, and I don't bother to learn the names of the cities in Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> it just it seems like too much of a burden. I think their biggest city is Kentucky. <laughs> in Kentucky, it may be. Uh, do you know that uh, marijuana is still the number one cash crop in Kentucky? Fun fact, I looked up. Yeah, they make more money uh, off marijuana than any other crop in Kentucky. God bless them. Um, so this woman, she's like, I'm not, I didn't look up her name. I don't remember her name. Let's call her Lucy. She, uh, she's a city councilwoman in some minor town in Kentucky. And she wears, uh, she's a larger lady, uh, not enormous, but a, but a fuller size lady. Yeah. And she wears leggings uh, to like official city council events. She's not as fat as I kind of thought before I looked up No, the she's just photo. a pl- she's a slightly plump she's, lady. You know, she looks fine. I and, mean, and she's healthy-ish. Yeah, she's a little bit a little She could lose she could lose about uh, 30 40. Yes. Pounds. And um and so she wears leggings to all the official city events. I mean, I, I assume she wears leggings everywhere she goes in her life, but even to like, you know, digging up the uh, first shovel of the new uh, shopping mall development or city council meetings or, you know, going to the schools to talk about city council work, or whatever the hell she does. Um, uh, she wears leggings, and she took a lot of heat for wearing leggings. There's always been, I think it was a few years ago, the big leggings oppression went around the wave. Yeah, of, yeah. Right about like they were being oppressed because they were being shamed for wearing leggings and how horrible this what was. What would be the equivalent of the casualness of the sort of at-home nature of leggings for a guy? Like boxer shorts? So the mayor just shows up wearing... Well, I think it would be like track shorts, up. probably. Whatever you can wear to the gym. Yeah, like gym short, ratty gym shorts, I guess, and so like a tank w- top. It would be remarked upon if a guy did that for sure. There's definitely, there's definitely since uh, since uh, the uh, consumer market, since like Fabletics and so forth, discovered they can make billions of dollars by convincing women they can wear leggings everywhere. Because they cost like five cents to make. Yeah, they cost like five cents to make in Southeast Asia, uh, the spandex, and they sell them for about eighty bucks, ninety bucks a pop. And so they convinced them that not only should they wear these to the gym or when jogging, but they could wear them to the grocery store or out to a casual event or to lunch with a friend. You don't really see women wearing them to work, however. Did you ever, uh, in college, I noticed this a lot. I don't know if, if it was a fad because I don't hang out on campuses, but the early class, it was every chick from a sorority would show up in pajamas. Mm. Did you ever see that happen? No, I remember this. Uh, we had and uh, some guys would show up wearing pajama pants, and I wanted to fucking punch them. Really? Yeah, I don't remember wearing ever wearing pajamas. But it was like a dressed up pajama. Oh, really? It, it was like obviously they didn't wake up. They wanted to show you that they were like it was an early class. I, I, yeah, I have no idea what they like. Were they thinking. saw it in a movie or something. They thought it was cool. Yeah, it was like I guess they just thought it was acceptable. I don't know. It was weird. I, I do. My only memory of fashion in college is that uh, it was really uh, Becky's really cold and wet and everything, and, and uh, very preppy. And I looked under the. I was just half asleep, so I looked under the seats of all everybody, like thirty kids in the class, and they were all wearing like LL Bean boots, like duck boots of some kind. Mm. <laughs> like uh, I don't know if they still sell those boots, but like the trendy boots for people that were fake hikers and fake outdoors people. Mm-hmm. Every single man, woman, every single person in the class, and I was wearing uh, sandals. <laughs> I was wearing like flip flops. I was wearing flip flops. 
I wanted to be like California kid. <laughs> I was like just utterly un, 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 out of the mainstream. <laughs> um, but so she's wearing leggings to the thing. She claims now that the attacks on her for wearing leggings are sexist, hmm. are really sexist. And this went along with, I was just Olivia Munn this last week, who I don't think works anymore. I can't really tell. And she's not dating Aaron Rodgers anymore, I don't think. She's insane. Yeah, so she's got nothing much going on. She came out against these two female, bitchy female bloggers who like go online every day and like comment on how stupid or horrible some celebrity woman looked in her latest outfit or how stupid her hair is or how her butt looks fat or whatever it is. And she, she, Olivia Munn made this big statement about like, I want to let every woman know it's not just men who are sexist and make rude comments and make women feel uncomfortable about their looks. Sometimes it's even women. I'm like, what do you mean sometimes? It's always women. It's always women. Yeah. Who do you think is writing letters to the Kentucky lady wearing the leggings? You think a guy's writing a letter, going online, going like, oh, lady, you got to stop wearing those leggings. Like, as men folk, we're not happy with the way you're dressing in public. It's always women who are complaining about this stuff. And yet it's labeled, because you want to wear the leggings, as a sexist attack, which then somehow provides you... The, the the stature you need then to then continue to wear leggings. Yeah, I I don't think like it's a it's a sign of your it's a sign of your release from slavery to wear the now it's now it's a symbol of your of your strong womanness. Yeah, yeah. I mean every every now and like I don't go around criticizing women's appearance, believe it or not, because I I'm not mean um, or gay. But well, not super gay. If it. <laughs> Like you're not fashion guy. Every now and then, I'll be hanging out with, uh, you know, sort of a mixed group of men and women, and every now and then you'll see a woman wearing something very inappropriate. Uh, like you mean it, revealing, very revealing, yeah. but like especially for the situation. Like you're bowling, and <laughs> I'm kind of like looking at the chick's ass and not really saying anything. And every woman will go, "I can't believe." She's wearing that. Right. And then I'll kind of get catty and join, join in because I, I hang out with women I like <laughs> usually. But, uh, yeah, like I, I don't oh, remember. girlfriend, check her out. I do not remember ever making a comment about a woman's uh, uh, choice in clothing ever. No, I, I don't, even to the point that I don't think I would give a shit if like, well, I was going to say Diane Feinstein showed up in leggings. That would be somewhat disturbing. But I don't care. Like, there was that whole movement. Uh, speaking of con- uh, senators and congresswomen, there's a whole movement last year where they wanted to be sleeveless. I don't know if you remember that. They all, st- all the women in Congress got joined together and went sleeveless because there's a rule in Congress that you have, you have to wear sleeves. I don't remember that, but it sounds really lame. It's really lame. And by the way, all the women have fat arms. It's <laughs> just really fat arms to discuss. <laughs> it wasn't like they're hot. Like, the guys are going, oh, hot women don't wear more clothes. You know, it was like, it was literally Diane Feinstein and sleeveless. You're like, yeah, no. And by the way, Gender neutral law, the men aren't allowed to go wear short sleeves or sleepless either. They have to wear full length shirts. Right. That's just a rule of Congress for the last 240 years. I can't think of a more uh, uh, official dress code place than Congress. That would seem to be the one place where even I, who I hate wearing suits, yes. would be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to wear a tie. Yeah, I'm not wearing my a grateful full collared dad. shirt. <laughs> yes, like, right, right. Basic common sense. Yeah, or if you're like, I guess if you're the CEO of a tech company like Zuckerberg, you can get away with like t shirt and, and jeans, but it's got to be a really cool company. If you're running like GE, you expect you have to wear a tie. <laughs> to like the meetings, you know, it did work uh, the other way once, which is my favorite thing. That was kind of under discussed too. When so you know, in court, you can't wear a hat. 
Because uh, courts are run by a bunch of fucking assholes. Uh, there's dress code in court. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, you can't wear a hat. I mean, I don't go to court as often as you do, <laughs> but I was there recently on my speeding ticket. You have speed to ticket. stand up when the judge walks in yes. and call him your honor. And if I ever fucking see a judge like socially, I'll, I'll, I, I, I want to fight them. Because <laughs> if you're an adult person and you think that uh, you should be called your honor, yes. you're a total piece of shit. Anyway, so when Hogan was Hulk Hogan was doing the Gawker trial... yes. He wore a formal do rag. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was awesome. Yes. How fucking cool is to he? be allowed to wear it? You mean they gave him like a special exemption to to uh, for the Hollywood Hollywood Hawk a do rag? Yeah, they're like you know he's got to wear a do rag. How do we handle it? His lawyers approached the bench and were like you know they're like well okay he can't wear the Hulkamaniac yellow and red do rag. <laughs> like it would be like something pro- uh, inappropriate do rag works. Yeah, there's certain, like, but where does it stop? Like, if Snoop Dogg was on trial, would they be like, well, you know, he can smoke a joint in here, right? And a fedora, like, he can wear a fedora, like a velvet fedora. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. That's just this thing. Here, well, here's a summary of this topic for me, which is that uh, uh, there's always this idea that, like, women have to have a foil. Everyone, every good guy, woman has to have a foil, a villain, right? To take uh, an enemy to, to put their fears and, and, and dark side on and pretend they're being oppressed. So for women, it's it's men. It, clearly, generally, it's men. So this idea has been around for a few years that like men like are making women anorexic, making them dress a certain way, making them f- up to all these standards of men, and they're criticizing their looks and they're causing them all this anxiety, also like that. And it's become clearer and clearer through the years. That it's actually almost entirely all other women. <laughs> like the, men used to, I guess, own the ma- women's magazines at least. They made money off them. But now they're all owned and run by women. Four women, all the women, all the people who work there are women, and all these magazines that cause women all their bulimia and anorexia and spending too much money on clothes and convince them they'll never be good unless they get this cosmetics. It's entirely female industry. It's all women making other women feel uncomfortable about themselves, usually for, to make money or just because they're bitchy. Yeah. Uh, there just aren't men outside of some gay queen, gay men. There just aren't men involved in that process at all anymore. Not at all. No guy I know or have ever known or that anyone knows outside of, like you said, maybe a few gay guys. Like, you've never walked by a woman and said, oh, she needs to lose some weight. You simply don't <laughs> notice them <laughs> no. because you're busy looking at chicks you want to fuck. Yes, it's, it, just, it's just like you're, you're may as well be looking at a, at a used paper cup. No. You're, you're just like, it, it doesn't register. You're like, I can't believe she's wearing that. That's it's not worthy of my time or no. mental energy. The whole like white after Labor Day, like, oh my God, like she's wearing spring and like, like or she's, this is an, or like, if you ever go to an event with a woman, like a party, like, can you believe what she was wearing? And like, I'm like, what? I don't even know. I like, yeah. what is this thing? It's all women attacking women, making women, and then like Olivia Munn, they have to like bring it around to like, this is really a man thing, putting down women, where men are generally trying to compliment women as much as humanly possible uh, to get over with them. So I don't really, <laughs> if they don't believe it, I don't really see many guys being bitchy about how women look or making public commentary ever or going on, or start, I'm going to start a blog where I criticize the way women <laughs> It's a total false narrative. <laughs> now, I'm sure there are these really shitty kind of emotionally abusive guys who are in a relationship sure. with a woman and they, they cut her down based on clothing and uh, yes. weight, body appearance, but that's a totally separate thing. Pri- they, don't, they don't start blogs or, or, or magazines about it. No, they do it in private. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, Matt, uh, that's our show for today. You have something you wish to pimp and promote? Your book. How about your book again? Oh, uh, yeah. Hide this from your wife. I'll post a link to it on my blog at mattralston.net. Okay. I'll put it out in the uh, with the uh, podcast as well. Thank you to all the people who sent death threats. Uh, that was really, <laughs> really... By the way, when someone like... Uh, um, who was it? The the woman, the prosecutor in the Kel- Jesse, Jesse Smollett case came out and said she Kim got like... Some, Kim, Kim Fox. Okay. I, I, all I want to know about Kim Fox is she's related to Red Fox. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm interested in. Like, <laughs> F-O-X-X is surely the Red Fox. Although I learned later on through some Wikipedia research, his name wasn't really Red Fox. It wasn't Fox or Red. It was I, completely made up name. I think I could have told you that. Well, her name is really Fox, F-O-X-X, which I've never, ever seen before outside of porn stars. Jamie Fox, but that's not his real name. No, I don't think she, so either. She can't. That can't be her real name. That's what she claims it's her real name. But she claimed, like, oh, this is so bad. I've gotten, like, three. She got three death threats. I'm like, I used to run, the, like, the website. I got, like, three w- death threats a day. <laughs> like, yeah. like, if you're online anywhere, there's, like, you get death threats every day, no matter who, no matter who you are. Like, yeah, the most likable people in the world probably get like twenty death threats a day. It's just what people I've do. I've gotten a lot of them, and I don't take them seriously no. because I also get constant threats of "I'm going to sue you." Yeah, and I'm like, uh, "All right, try try and sue me." So no one's ever sued me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not afraid someone's going to kill the me. The only time I got was nervous when they actually carried through in the lawsuit was David Copperfield's attorney. Uh, when I uh, mentioned in an article that he uh, he owns this island in the Bahamas, that it, it was renamed Rape Island by the authorities just because of all the activity on the island, <laughs> and they and they did threaten to sue because he's been and actually he has sued a number of people who have made the comments about his uh, uh, dubious past. So he's probably a rapist. Well, there's been there was there was a large claim but against him by a lady, and they claimed that she went away and disavowed the claim. But there have been other. Gossip stories and rumors. He's never been accused. He's never been, uh, uh, you know, uh, convicted of anything. Has anyone ever been? But Ray Bailey is a great name. It, it <laughs> so. is. I, I would take a tour. I wouldn't want to stay on the a night. map. It would just be called like the, you know, like the Pirate Islands. It would just be called Ray Bailey. Do you think a hypnotist? Has anyone ever been charged for hypnotizing uh, a woman into fucking him? Uh, there is a, a law against that. There oh. is a law against like a, a, a. I think there's even a law against in California, like even having a power. Just a power advantage over women, like even like I mean, if you're just the boss, or if you're like in a work situation and you use any leverage of any kind. But that's a weird law because half the people I know, like well, Jimmy Kimmel, for example, he's uh, and Conan, and half the guys in fucking the world were the boss of a woman, and uh, you know they. Started fucking him and got married. Could have sued him. They could have sued him. Well, they could still sue him. I guess. They probably could still. You could sue, sue your husband. They could still you get p- mad at him. They could probably still. Well, no, you, uh, women have been uh, suing their husband. Not suing, but they've been, uh, I guess, charging their husbands with sexual assault is a new trend. You know what I'm worried about? I really am because you know how women are very vindictive and conniving. Yeah, this is a great way to end the women's segment for <laughs> today. Of course, so all women are women. In in L.A., you see. Uh, Really crazy, like insane, insane asylum, mentally ill people shrieking on the street. Yes, fighting nobody. Yes, all all over the place, constantly. Yeah, no, um, no, no joke. That's you see that everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's frightening. And uh, but uh, so part of the discussion on how to help this is to relax the fifty one fifty laws to make it easier to involuntary commit someone mm-hmm. uh, so they can get treatment for mental health. The last two or three women I've dated. I know for a fact if they knew they could have me committed to an institution. Oh, would have? 
would have done it out of spite. They would have just said, I don't like what you said. I'm going to call the fucking number and have you taken away. I know for a fact they would have fucking done it. Yeah, I would have signed. I would have been the second person to sign for you. <laughs> I, th- I think you still need a, li- a two, psychi- right, two psychiatrists, right, or two licensed professionals have to sign it, I believe. Uh, uh, the, I commi- the commitment works, thing. Actually. But uh, no, but just uh, just down the street uh, the other day, uh, what was it? Jack Osborne, Ozzy Osborne's son, was attacked by a homeless guy. Oh, shit. Uh, and the guy didn't, at the time, just punched him. But then when the cops came, he pulled out a knife and stuff like that. They've, I mean, it's they're getting scary around here. It is. You, you got to be careful. Because they're just, I mean, these guys are out of their gourd. And they all have a weapon on them because they need it for their own survival right. on the street. So they all have some kind of shank on them. <laughs> and, you know, and they, when you walk by, who knows? It could be a woman, a man, old person, kid. They think you're the devil for whatever reason. And you're coming to like steal their soul, and so they they knife you, dude. The guy, yeah, don't ever engage the guy. No, um, never engage a homeless. My person. local Seven Eleven uh, that I go to from time to time, there was a guy in there, a crazy homeless guy, stealing shit. And so this guy, a uh, normal, uh, non-crazy homeless guy, guy with a house, he said, uh, "Hey, you shouldn't steal that. Let me pay you for it." And the homeless guy responded by. Murdering him to death with a hatchet. Really? And, yeah. Yes. And I saw the, the yes. uh, I saw the video. I don't like watching shit like that, but uh, it was very gruesome. And I said to the uh, employee at the Seven Eleven the last time I went, uh, "Hey, remember that thing where that uh, that guy killed the other guy with a hatchet right here?" And he just said, "I don't want to talk about it." <laughs> I, engaging crazy people is the craziest thing you could possibly do. Yeah. It's like if they were if it was a pit bull, an angry rabid pit bull. People would be scared shitless of it, but if it's a two hundred pound man who's insane and likely carrying a weapon and talking to himself, people somehow feel like they can connect with them. Who's the crazy actress that has like three times now been like assaulted by a homeless guy because she rolls her window down Let's to like talk to, talk to them? I don't know. There's like, it's 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 sad. I mean, it's really sad that you can't really help those people directly, but you really can. I mean, it just they're, they're so far. They've been sniffing and, and shooting stuff for so long. And most of them began as men- were mentally ill and they're self-medicating. Yeah. And if it's a 200-pound dude, I mean, these, these aren't like, people don't understand, it's all guys who are like 35 years old. These aren't like old people or stragglers. I mean, these are like big, young guys yeah. like who are physically strong and fucking and don't care if they get killed. <laughs> so, you know, like, they're Shut actually, they're da- it's not like children and helping children in the street. These are like a six-foot-tall guy who's 35 years old been strung out on heroin for the last eight years. I'm like afraid to leave your house now. Yeah, you should be. Jack Osborne was okay. He did get punched in those, and I didn't really like him, so I was kind of happy about it. I'd punch him too. But he was just trying to drink a Star. He was just having a coffee at Starbucks. I don't mean I would punch him, but if I was a, I'm trying to, if think if I was a crazy person that wanted to assault a random person. Yes. It would probably. It would be Jack Osborne. Like nine times out of ten. Yeah, but I think it was just. I don't think the homeless guy watched like the Osbournes or like. No, just, just his look. face. He yes. looks like a guy you'd want to punch. Oh, he has MS, Matt. Come on, <laughs> kind of sad. All right, that's our show for the week. Anything else, Matt? You good? No, Matt Ralston done it. All right, last minute. Talk to you next week. He rides a bike. His name is Mike. It comes to back and head tranny. It's pretty sick. He got a dick. Wishes that he had a funny. Got Kelly M. The cunt doesn't care. Break on the bag and get training. His dirty stocking and down to his knee. Here comes the bag and get training. His dirty stocking and down to his knee. 